Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, this is the Standard Definition Podcast of Boss Rush Games and the Boss Rush Network. I want to thank you all for being out here tonight. With me, I've got... I've got some... Actually, this feels like a mini Arsenal X reunion here. <laughs> Don't of call course, it a comeback. <laughs> of course, uh, the, uh, the Colonel Panic, Joe Wilson, is here. Hello. And, uh, and, and... Josh, just go ahead and roll your roll your intro because uh, I swear I'm not going to be remember it anytime soon. Evening, Governor. <laughs> I'm the mayor of the Deepstone Crypt. Everybody knows this. How come I how come I can't remember that? It's not like I don't hear this every freaking week. As uh, as Corey calls me, I'm, I'm the the Totenjoten, the mayor of the Deepstone Crypt. And speaking of speaking of Corey, Corey and Corey and wife are. On their on their parental leave, uh, Corey Corey's young son was just born. Uh, he was born well on Wednesday, right? Wednesday. Yep, he was born on Wednesday. So Corey has the night off for at least a few weeks here. So uh, so yeah, Joe and I are running the show, and uh, we did warn you, might all hell might break loose. So get ready for that. Get used to it. <laughs> Better not lose any followers for when he gets back. That's all I'm saying. Joe Keep Wilson, listening. Joe Wilson, the Goon Squad, after you. Yeah, the Goon Squad. <laughs> I, or, getting... or in light of the Space Jam trailer, would it be the Toon Squad? Oh, the Toon Squad, yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, uh, the the Space Jam trailer, I was, you know, when I heard they were doing a sequel to Space Jam, I was like, why? And after seeing the trailer, I was like, okay, um, I might, I might check this out. <laughs> I don't hate it. I like a lot more that it's included with my HBO subscription. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like I was, I was, let's be real. I was going to see this regardless. I'm a nineties kid. Space jam is like ingrained into my DNA. But after seeing that trailer, I was like, yeah, okay. I'm glad, I'm glad that it's being like, really who, Don Cheadle holographic Don Cheadle is the villain. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> Yeah, like like I like I said, it, at that it's, point I feel like you're better off doing like holographic George Clooney or Matt Damon or somebody else from the Ocean. Oh uh, man, you can whole evil council. Let's do all of them, dude. They're uh, all in cahoots. Ocean's fourteen, except it's Space Jam two. Right, the crossover we didn't know we needed. Like he, th- this motherfucker is over here saying he wants the Iron Giant. He wants King Kong on his team. Like, LeBron is just trying to make another super team. He's trying... This is the heat all over again, okay? And let's be honest that depending on what side you're on, like, as charming as the cast of Ocean's Eleven is, they're all charming. They're all... I get it. But they are all bad guys. They all steal for a living. So they already are bad. They're less evil than Andy Garcia and Al Pacino. Well, they're, let me refer. They're not evil, but they are. I, I, I don't want to say outlaws. It sounds like it's a western, but they're all criminals. I mean, it's basically the Magnificent Seven in Las and Las Vegas. Let's be honest. Right. Yeah. Except for Ocean's Twelve, where they just weirdly go to Europe for the whole movie. Yeah, they're internet. They're international thieves. Uh, and you, so. you know what? Hey, all they're missing is Nathan Drake. Okay. Yeah, that's another good one. Tom Holland is ready. He he's ready. He's ready to join the Ocean's crew. How how do you think that's going to go? How do you think that the uh, Uncharted movie is going to be? Oh, uh, just it's quick gonna thumbs be up. So bad. It's bad. Gonna be so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 
I'm trying to reserve. I'm trying to hold reservations on this, but at the same I, time, the I'm, second that they cast Mark Wahlberg as Sully, I was like, "Yeah, this ain't happening." This ain't. Well, happening. let's let's not forget Max Payne. I love Max Payne the video game. Max Payne the movie. I don't get. I don't get it. I don't get anything that happened in it. Doesn't make any yeah. sense to me. Uh, it, it's a, it's a real bad movie. I, the people at Remedy have just got to be like, "What the fuck? What is happening here? What did we do?" <gasps> Why did we commit to this? I just I look at the director of of the Uncharted movie. L- let me run through what Ruben Fleischer has done with his career. Okay, <laughs> Zombieland, thirty minutes or less, Gangster Squad, Venom, and Zombieland Double Tap. None of those inspire confidence that he can helm Uncharted. Let me tell you something. Yeah, none of them. I would say none of those movies are necessarily bad. They're like fun movies i would say there's one that is good or better the rest are bad the first zombie land is it's all right it's i didn't fun. see the second one don't i i, I don't. they either. didn't make a second uh, one don't okay oh, oh 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 i see what you did there <laughs> it, it, it's that bad but i mean it's like seriously like i i just i the best part about this whole movie is that they have Antonio Banderas in it, and I don't know who he's playing, but as long as he does the gif at some point, I'm okay with it. I wonder if he's gonna be he's gonna play the Nason XB in the movie that and Tom Holland's gonna swat him away. It'll just be a real quick. Oh, this, this is just such a weird thing. Like to do a young Nathan Drake is just yeah. so weird. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's weird because like you know, yeah, like you know, like Technically, I think it was in in Uncharted Two. We had like a quick glimpse of him as a child, but in Uncharted Three, we had segments that where we were playing with him as he was a kid. Uncharted stuff. Four, Uncharted Four, we had flashbacks to him and his brother. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. As yeah. well, like you you have a lot of flashbacks through the series, and like in Three, it's uh, how he meets Sully, I believe. Yeah, in Three, yeah, yeah, in Three, it's how he meets Sully because right. uh, he, was, he was he was a freaking street rat, and you know he pickpocketed from the wrong guy. To, in the to be fair, I think this is better than adapting one of those games outright. Yeah. But I still don't like it. I would still prefer, like, do a side adventure with him, Sully, Elena, and maybe bring his brother into it. Like, yeah. I don't know. This just, this feels really weird to me. Like, is it really Uncharted without Elena? Like, let's be honest. I also mm-hmm. feel like, I'm, like, part of me is okay if you want to do young Nathan Drake. Like, I, I, I get that for money purposes. Yeah, I mean, However, they do have Chloe is in the movie, so I mean, we're, we've almost like, got the gang. But also, if you're looking to do like a franchise, meaning like you're thinking about doing two, three, four of these movies, however many like mm-hmm. your 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 eyes are, you don't want to cast someone that's already older because you're like, well, they we they only got like two movies in them. Mm-hmm. But well, back when this was originally being pitched in like 2009, yeah, Mark Wahlberg was tapped to be Nate. It's Drake. been a development for so long. They moved him from being Drake to being fucking Sully. Yeah. They're like, you're the He's you're like, not you're old like, enough you're the, to be Sully. Yeah, but they're like, you're the old guy now. So, uh, so you should be the old guy for this franchise. I I think it was I think it was more one of those things where he signed a contract and he's like, no, yeah, you signed I, like I'm I'm on this movie. And he's like, well, you can't be Nathan anymore. He's like, ah, fuck you. You're going to pay me because I'm on this fucking movie. I'm telling you right now, you call your lawyer. You call your fucking lawyer. I'm in this fucking movie. I don't care what you do, how you do it. I'm in the movie. And they're like, okay, you're Sully. He's like, I don't care. I'll be Sully. 
Uh, oh my God, are you a Bostonian? Is clearly <laughs> trying to break the stigma around bad movies, about yeah. around bad video game adaptations. Between this, The Last of Us coming to HBO, and the Ghost of Tsushima movie that was announced, yeah, like okay, I I don't I don't really have a lot of faith in this one, but I do have faith in The Last of Us, especially. With- I have faith in Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima is it's going to depend on how much control is given to like a non-white man, frankly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like to put this, I like how you said that. I like how you said that delicately. Like it, you you have to. It has to be an Asian-led film. Like not just in terms of actors. Like right. no shit. But I think in terms of director, screenwriter, like you have to have people who understand that culture. And like that time period. Hell too. yeah. Hell yeah. You don't we, we don't want to anyone to come in and cast Tom Cruise, Matt Damon, or Scarlett Johansson oh in a role my God. that should does not belong to them. I am so glad somebody said it because because every time I say it, everyone's like, Why do you have a problem with them? It's like I don't have a problem with them per se. Right. Right. It's the fact that and like I understand like when people ragged on Matt Damon for being in the Great Wall. They're like, oh, he should he should have been in it. Why would you cast him? And it's like, you know, well, it was a Chinese production company that put him in there, but that's because they wanted Chinese audiences to go see it. Because they were like, oh, we have a Western star that they really like over here in this movie. Maybe they'll go see it. And it just flopped on all fronts because mm-hmm. they were outraged that it wasn't their people. We were outraged for them. And honestly, nobody wants to see Matt Damon fighting dragons on the Great Wall of China. Let's just let's, let's be frank with each other. Yeah. Okay. But if you allow that movie to be led by Jap- by the Japanese people, then and like Eastern Asians, I think that you'll have a much better film. And I, I, I hope that Sony understands this. I just someone I feel like they should the culture and what they're doing so that tiny details can be in there that like I don't necessarily like that I don't have to get. I don't have to know, but just help overall elevate the feel of the movie like it needs to all feel fairly consistent um i want to not understand stuff in a movie again i'm very excited for this because this is like this is the closest we're going to get to a modern day kurosawa movie oh that'd be great and like i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you right now i really hope that this is filmed with a black and white cut in mind Ooh, much like the game because mm-hmm. that that is the best way that I've seen that game played. Is it black and white? I I don't often advocate for a black and white cut of a movie because I think usually it, just, it looks really bad because it's a filter slapped on. One of the only modern movies I think that's done it really really well that also exists in color is Mad Max. I think Fury Road did it perfectly. I think it's absolutely gorgeous. I like the artist for its black and white camera work, but I think if you film this with black and white in mind first and then worry about the color grading afterwards. It could be a really beautiful movie. Did you see Logan in the black and white cut? I did. I didn't really like it that much, though. I liked it. But I felt I, like it kind of distracted from the movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. I, I, there's, I don't think that people quite get that, like, when you film in black and white, mm-hmm. you are not removing color. I mean, you are. But, like, you need to play with what you can see and what you don't right. see, what's black and what's not. And that that's the dynamic. If you're of, planning for it to be seen in both, you have to really plan for it. You, It's really tough. But you, you have to go through, like, you do edit differently and you grade it differently. It is 
two different things. But yeah, I don't yeah. like it when people just put a black and white filter on something. I need like inky blacks. That's why I like, like George, mm-hmm. George, what George Miller did with the black and chrome edition of mm-hmm. uh, Fury Road. I yeah. really thought that was good with like how he had that designed in mind. What a great movie that was. What a great fucking movie. <sighs> what do you, Mortal Kombat, thumbs up, thumbs down. Do you think it's going to be bad or good? The new one? Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be watchable. Yeah. Yeah, same. Like, I think it's going to be kind of middle of the road. I'm not expecting anything out of it, but I've been, like, pleasantly surprised by the trailers. I will be somewhat disappointed if Mortal Kombat is the first video game movie to be watchable. I don't hope that it's bad, but I really was just hoping that one of these other movies that was coming out would have got it right. And it's... That's the only I, in part. a way, it would be like a cosmic fate that that's the one that nails it first. <laughs> yeah. After how bad the original Mortal Kombat movie was. Yeah, the second time around. After, wait, wait, wait. After wait, wait. We, the, we original Mortal, the, whole... the original Mortal Kombat was not that bad when it's you compare bad. it to I, the I sequel. Don't, I don't it's think bad. You, I think you need to watch it again. I need it's to watch bad. it again? Oh, wait, yeah. wait. We're talking about the, the Paul W.S. Anderson one from back in the 90s, right? Yes. Yeah. It's bad. It's okay, not okay. great. I mean, I, I mean the stupid, the stupid shit with Goro. Yeah, that shit was bad. The, the, the one that I really can't believe they didn't nail is Assassin's Creed. I oh. felt like that. That was like that was an easy layup waiting to be thrown in. That was, <laughs> dude. Michael Fassbender not only starred in it, like he asked, he actively campaigned for it to be made. Like it's him and Marion Cotillard. Jeremy, Jeremy fucking Irons is in it. Jeremy like, Irons. The director, Justin Kruxel, is not a bad director. He had just done uh, Macbeth with both Fassbender and Cultiard. And just somehow, like, this movie just completely flops. It's got, like, a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. My girlfriend is the only person I've ever heard say it's good, and that's because she's never played an Assassin's Creed game. But they tried to make it canonical to the series is the problem. Like... Do you remember the the Tomb Raider movie? I do. And like how? Oh, like okay. They had just I come don't out. No, hate the Tomb Raider I, movie. So I didn't see the 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 newest one. Like the most. Oh, recent. okay. Yeah, no, I'm talking the Alicia Vikander one, the yeah. one that came out a couple years ago. That so, it's not bad. I think it's funny though that like you that was based on like the reboot of like the franchise, so yeah. to speak. When you're just like, man, this makes Tomb Raider fucking interesting for once, and it's not just about like triangle boobs <laughs> there are scenes in that movie directly out of the game which was really mm, cool to me that's cool that's but cool. honestly making walton goggins the bad guy just did not fly with me because i'll always think of him as uh crowder from uh justified mm. i just i was just waiting for timothy oliphant to show up and go <laughs> eh, boyd and i we dug coal together i was just waiting for it the whole time and it never happened disappointed shows up in boba fett's armor Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Do not tease me, Joseph. Do not tease me. <laughs> he just wears oh. that now. That's just what he wears. Dude, I, oh, God. I mean, he was... Oh, mm, mm, mm. Nope, I can't do it. Some Somebody get us off this topic. Mm, All okay. right, well, you know what? Now's perfect time for some housekeeping. <laughs> this is the Standard Def- Definition Podcast of Bosphorus Games. Uh, check us out every every Sunday night. 
at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Boss Rush Games on I'm sorry Twitch.tv slash Boss Rush Games Live. Uh, and uh, this is just a show where we talk about wherever the hell comes to mind. Basically, like we have a format, but the format usually gets thrown out the window. <laughs> Uh, I want to thank everyone for checking us out so far, and if you're having fun, check, uh, head over to BossRushGames.com, uh, check out some of the content we have over there. We also have a uh, Discord server that we're always looking for more people to join the community, and uh, don't forget that we are looking for writers. I'll do I'll do more of a writer's call as we get a little bit later into the show, but uh, but hey guys, we have, a, we have a couple of questions tonight. Um... Of course, Greg Osterman III comes in with like you know like those really good questions here. And Josh, I'm glad you're here for this one. I'm glad I'm here for this one. I've missed getting questions from Greg. <laughs> so uh, let's start this off. Hey, progressive scanners, I have a, I have a different type of question for uh, that's food for thought. Uh, what is your favorite piece of media that involves food, whether it's a movie, sh- show, YouTube channel, game, etc.? Thanks. See y'all later. All right, so favorite piece of media that involves food. Hmm. Ooh, that's a toughie. Um, so I know I'm a I'm a I'm a big big fan. I'm a big big fan of the, of the show Chopped, and I know that's I was I, know see, I was gonna say it too. Okay, you see, I know that sounds so generic, but but here's the thing about it: like I actually like to cook. I I, I love to cook actually, um, and I can be pretty experimental in the kitchen, you know. Like, but. I swear, like they have four rounds, and sometimes the stuff they give you that is like the main ingredient that you have to showcase each round. I'm like, man, how do you, how do you come up with it? So, have, have you, you ever read about how they decide that? No, I have not. No. So they have they have a team of chefs on staff, not the judges, but they have like an actual kitchen team mm-hmm. that when they go to make up the baskets, if they can't think of an, if they cannot think of a dish in like 15 seconds to make with four ingredients, they can't put the basket out there for them. Oh, really? Okay, well, yes. that's good. That's good. But that makes it even more baffling when you see things like garlic lollipops and things like that. You're just like, yeah. what the f- like what the fuck? Nah, like, nah. I remember. I remember there was. A, I remember there was a round. Uh, there was a round, and they had to. I can't remember who if it was the dessert round or the uh, or the or the entree round, but mm-hmm. it was um. But squid ink was the oh, oh, main yeah. ingredient. Yeah. And I'm like, excuse me, like what the how? how? So here's the th- squid ink doesn't like really change the flavor of it. It just changes the color. The like color. people, they freak out so much about it because it looks fucking gross. Yeah, but like. <laughs> For example, like what uh, Burger King did a squid ink burger over in Japan, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, this is so gross!" And I'm like, "It, I don't think it's really like that bad. Like squid ink doesn't like drastically change yeah. the flavor; it changes the texture a lot." See, sure. I, see, I've never had anything with squid ink because squid, squid ink's one of those okay. ingredients that I, I don't think I'd mess around with. Not, yeah, not no. voluntarily. If someone like coaxed me, no. in, coached me into it, I would probably do it. But you know, I but I've seen some off the wall stuff. I like, go in a Japanese restaurant, so they like they cook with it a pretty decent amount. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So like, I mean, it's just it's not weird to be like squid ink pasta. I've had that before. That's not bad. It's definitely different. Like it, the first time you have it, it's gonna be like oh, I don't know about this. 
But I think but, that that's like, ha- especially when like Burger King does it, that's the point. They want mm-hmm. the, the people to be like, oh, I don't know if I'd eat that. I'd be like, oh, I'd give it a try. Like, that's, that's well, you know, and it, it was people, it was like people in North America who were like freaking out. But like, well, yeah, uh, uh, don't like, bring oh, that here. But, like, this actually sounds pretty to. fucking good. Like, <laughs> so I, I, I like the show Chopped, but I have a problem with it because. My girlfriend and I got into it a few years ago. Started watching all the seasons on Hulu. Mm. She looks over to me like the fourth or fifth episode that we see Scott Conan on. And she goes, you are like him. You're an asshole. You're an (laughs) asshole to people. You are exactly like him. And I'm like, whoa, wait a second. Wait Wait, a second. Wait, wait, wait. Scott Conan is one of the judges, of course. Like, which which one is he? Scott's the pasta guy, okay? He, he owns an Italian restaurant. He's He always shows up. He's always in a suit or a vest with a tie. Uh, he's got the slick back I know back who you're talking hair. about. I know who you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. And let me tell you something. I don't know if I've ever felt more seen or more insulted at the same time. <laughs> as in that, that comes moment. hand in hand. Because the episode we were watching was a viewer's choice one. And one of the... Uh, one of the contestants was like, I think if we, if any of us were given a choice to be on this or a normal episode of Chopped, we would choose the normal episode. Like, this is ridiculous. You cannot seriously expect people to make something out in 20 minutes out of this. And he basically was like, stop arguing with us. Like, shut the fuck up. That was basically <laughs> his attitude. You know, while we're talking about Chopped and Judges, like, there was a couple of judges I, I cannot stand on Chopped. I, I can't stand when Amanda Freitag is on the show. And I cannot I don't stand. find Amanda. It depends on who's with her. It depends on who's with her? Okay. Well, yeah. how about when is how about when you get Amanda Freitag and Chris Santos on the same show? I love Chris. Chris is, Chris is an asshole. Oh my God. That's why I like him. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love some uh, Jeffrey Zakarian though I, I I love that dude. Yeah, I don't see. I don't like Jeffrey at all. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and and Marcus Samuelson. Oh man, like that that dude that dude's a G. <laughs> Mar- Marcus is I don't know. Like Marcus has like this air of superiority. Like he knows he's better than you. <laughs> and it's just like okay, dude. Like okay, okay. It's like we, it's like when he takes the seat, you can just feel the snobbery coming. <laughs> I uh, another show I really like it. It's on Hulu, and I stay with me for a second. It's like a, it's like a micro series. Like each episode's like fifteen, maybe twenty minutes long at most, mm-hmm. and it's made by BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay, but it's called Worth It, and two guys and their cameraman go around to they'll pick something that they're gonna try for the day. Like for I example, think I know pasta. what you're talking about. They'll pick like pasta. At three different price points. So one that's like bargain bin, one that's like kind of mid-tier, and one that's like super expensive, like two, three hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And they'll go try it. And they'll sit there and like they'll talk to the chef, like the chef, the owner of the restaurant. Like they'll, they'll talk all about like how the food's made. They'll often show how it's made and then they'll try it and they'll break it all down. It's so funny when you watch some of those. Like, for example, they did an episode on donuts and they had a one dollar donut and they had like a one thousand dollar donut. Okay. It had it was covered in edible gold. I've I, I saw that oh. on YouTube. I didn't realize it was part yeah, of the series. Yeah, so though. it started it started out on YouTube and then they made it into an actual series. Okay, okay. It's it's so funny. Like they've done stuff with Dave Chang. They they've gone and had a Korean barbecue with Dave Chang in Korea. And I talked about like so much of it is set in Los Angeles because that's where their offices are, and they're like, it's Los Angeles. You're never going to run out of places to go try. 
but it's just fascinating to see some of these like some of these mom and pop places like you can tell this is a family recipe like the fried chicken episode is great for that but um, you know they'll, they'll break down like what comes like if you get a plate or like oh are you just getting like the entree or like what what all comes with it like they'll they'll try like a house wine or something with it i think when they did cakes they had like a ten thousand dollar cake or something whew. or not ten thousand it was it was a twelve hundred dollar cake and mm-hmm. uh, like the guy custom it was like one of those really like fancy elaborate like themed cakes it looked like a, a box like bursting open or something did they turn around and, they're and like, say it tasted like a 1200 cake or did they were like man like oh dude they break it down they, oh, they yeah? break it all down and then like they discuss when they're away from the restaurants they discuss it in the car and they're like you, they take they take everything into account so like it may be super expensive but like what was the ambiance like the chef like how was the overall meal like they take all that into account but it's like I see some of this and I'm like they they did steaks once. It was like a two hundred and fifty dollar steak or something. But like you knew exactly like where the cow was from, like where it came from. Like oh, they broke down all that, like the chef did for them. And they're like, I don't like the, one of them was like, I don't know, I don't know if I like this. Like that's, that's a little too much information for me. And <laughs> right. the other one's like, I'm bringing my girlfriend here next week. He's like, You're gonna bring her out for a two hundred and fifty dollars steak? Oh, when do I get your pay raise? <laughs> Isn't it weird that the gambit for like beef is literally like one dollar at McDonald's for like a burger to like three hundred dollars for like a cut of steak? Right? Yeah. It's just, it's nuts. Like, they, they did one, like, with pizza. Uh, it's it's so good. Like, they're clearly going places to, like, specialize in this, like, parts of the country. Like, they did seafood up in Seattle. They did pizza in New York. Um, it's it's great. Like, if anybody's got some time to kill, like, 20 minutes an episode at most. It's great. We, so, we throw it on for background noise all the time. I'm going to drop four great food shows on everybody. God. Okay. First one, The Chef Show. Have you guys seen it? Chef Show's great. I love great. it. I have not seen that one, no. So it is based off, like, Chef the Movie. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it's, uh, it's John Favreau. John Favreau is, like, do, he's in it, but he's also, like, it's his show. And, but wait, 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 wait. It's on Netflix, right? It is. Yes. I've seen, yes. It, I've seen a couple episodes. I didn't realize that's what I was watching. That yeah. show inspires me to, like always think about the food that I'm cooking as I'm cooking it more than just cooking food. Like you watch that show. And I feel like at the end, I feel like it, it energizes like a normal person to try to cook better. Mm-hmm. It just like makes it, it makes it seem accessible. Not like a lot of these other shows that seem so extravagant, like the, where it's just like, Oh, this and be like, Oh, I could never find these things. It, like they, the way that they break it down in the chef show, it just makes it feel like just use the ingredients, but like try to use them in this. Like it, it's, it's great because it really dives deep into like one person's like dish and like how mm-hmm. they, it's, I don't know. I love, like, I love piggybacking off that. I would say if you have never watched, just as a quick aside, if you've never watched the chef movie, go watch it. It's genuinely one of my favorite movies. Okay. Then I need to watch that movie because like, I didn't so, know. I didn't know John, this John, show. So this is why John Favreau did not do Avengers. It was either Iron Man 3 or Avengers. He didn't do because he was busy making this instead. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's that you can tell it's definitely like, a passionate piece for him. Oh, it, it's an indie movie. Yeah, it's something yeah. he said he'd wanted to make for a long time. But yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's about him, like him, his estranged wife, and like him reconnecting with his son. It's it's great. Um, that show's great. If you haven't seen Ugly Delicious or Breakfast, Lunch, and Dinner, yep, yeah, yep. both great yep. shows. 
Uh, and then the other one, if you just kind of want to watch what I would consider like almost like gallery art, but food, just watch Chef's Table. Oh, hell yes. you are you're hitting every show that I watch. <laughs> yeah. Out of it, all those, I, I have to say I love Ugly Delicious. I, I just I love Dave yeah, King so you know, much. Yeah, Ugly Delicious got me too because I was like I was like, oh that title, like I have to see mm-hmm. what's up with this show, and then I got hooked. It is like the it is the antithesis of and there's let me rephrase, there's nothing wrong with watching like uh what the the any of the Gordon Ramsay shows where he's yelling at you yeah. or anything like that, mm-hmm. but like it is the but opposite that's like of that. so clearly staged. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I also I, like I like totally it when like the passion comes shows. out more. Right. Yeah, right. Pa- it, passion it's... in the form of like energy and not yeah. like anger. That's why. That's why I love like the classic formats of uh, Iron Chef, for example. You know, like I don't I don't like the new stuff that they tried to do the last few years is trying to reboot it, but you know. Um, I love like the old formats, Iron Chef, and you know, especially the freaking the freaking international version of it. You know, I, I I was gonna say I was gonna say Japanese, but I don't think it was exclusively Japanese. <laughs> have you have you guys ever watched the British the original Kitchen Nightmares? Yes, no. I have seen a few episodes of that. <laughs> it's such a great show because he goes into a place that like there's one that I remember that this lady was cooking a lot of like Southern food. You're like, remember mac and cheese was like a big dish. And he goes in there and he's like, this is really good food. And he, it just goes and kind of breaks down like what is going wrong. He's like, oh, he's like, you, you're you're spending too much. You're making too big of portions. You need to you're sit like like and they go and reorganize. But like it's already like the heart of the, the meal is already good. Mm-hmm. And it's so endearing to watch. And it still has like conflict and it still has like some drama in it. And it's emotional. But ultimately, he goes into someone that's trying to do good and like helps them out versus like as soon as Fox bought Gordon Ramsay. And that's the only way that I can think of it is that they bought him because like, yeah. everything that he does is the same. It's still kind of entertaining, but it is so just ripe with conflict. It's like just like these people that don't give a shit about opening their restaurant. They give more of a shit about like they can't pay their mortgage. That's what it always comes down. To. It's like. I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to lose this. I'm like, you don't give a shit about the food. Get out of the restaurant industry. Yeah. Like leave. It's not for you. Um, the only other show I think I would add on that we haven't touched on. I'm actually a little surprised. We haven't gotten to it now that we've named six shows that are all really good. Uh, you can't have a discussion about food shows without great British bake off. Oh, another great oh, feeling yeah. show. Uh, so Chelsea, my girlfriend works nights and she gets home about 7 30, 8 o'clock in the morning, takes a shower, goes to bed. Usually right as I'm getting up, she falls asleep to that show all the time because it's such a happy show to her. And it's so funny because like I I watched the season once and I'm like, okay, I'm done. She that she watches that like some of us do the office. She could rewatch Damn. that a million times and still be thrilled about it. Yeah, good for you. Like some of the stuff they make. Even like in the first rounds, the people who get eliminated, it's like I could never do something like that ever. Right? That's it's, but it's people that are trying. Like they're they, there's, oh, yeah. there's not a like there's not personality there more than there is the cooking. Like the their personality comes out on the plate, and it's not like in this like oh this is I'm the guy that wears fucking funny hats or I got I got a bow tie or like like the, everyone else on these shows now has like a gimmick has a gimmick to them, right? And I like, like they're just people. I I absolutely love the contestants but that show is not what it is without like i think it's per i'm one of the people who thinks it's gotten progressively better throughout the years like i don't like the early seasons i like the newer seasons 
Mm-hmm. I think Paul and Prue play off each other really well. I agree. I like uh, that. But you just do not get better than Sandy and Noel walking around annoying the bejesus out of these I contestants. I yeah. love it because yes. I would be like them. Like, can I try this? Can you try and explain to somebody who doesn't know how to cook at all what you are doing here? And they're just like trying to offer encouragement. And it's clearly not working because they're having like these prolonged mental episodes during this. <laughs> I love it. All right. So, all right. So real quick, uh, before we wrap this up, I've, I've got, I've got a couple more. <laughs> um because uh i stumbled on i, I want to say like I, I just got through watching ugly delicious and uh and you know how netflix will just like roll something that's similar mm-hmm. they rolled me into somebody feed phil and and that's oh, what somebody I, feeds phil is great yeah never watched it oh, oh. dude okay it's the it's the creator of everybody loves raymond that's hey, who raymond. phil is phil yes. rosenthal and he's so just he he's a foodie like he's so passionate about this and like every reaction he has whenever he eats something it's like like (laughs) nothing nothing more than that yes yes oh and uh, he's like a fat kid in a candy store for real i love it uh somebody somebody if you feel and uh binging with babish that was one of those ones Hmm. where uh, i haven't watched that one uh, well, actually, um, I want to say the the first time I came across binging with Babish was uh was like, it was uh I think it was I was thinking I was scrolling on Instagram and I saw like one of his quick like little blurbs and like he just did a complete breakdown of like I can't remember what he was making I, I want to say he was making like a I, I want to say he was making coconut shrimp, but uh but yeah he threw it out there and then and then I was like I didn't and I was like man like I've got to see more because he had it right up to the point where you're getting ready to drop it in the oil. And I was like, okay, I gotta see the rest of this. And so I went looking for his went looking for his Instagram and found out he had a whole YouTube channel. Benjamin Babbage, though, what's cool about him though is he tries to recreate like like dishes from TV shows, movies, like fictional stuff that we that that you know nobody should be eating technically. <laughs> it's cool. Uh, actually, I just looked him up. Uh, wow, he has eight point six three million subscribers as of as of Jesus. this month, as of last Every, month. Everybody loves a cooking show. Oh yeah, Some, oh yeah. Something Everyone that every, does. It just it makes you feel happy. Yeah. Oh and, oh, and I mean, we didn't talk about anything dessert. So, Cupcake Wars. I I, I love that show. Great British Bake Off. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. 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 Chop yeah. fast dessert yeah. rounds. We talk dessert. That yeah. Okay. Okay. My bad. My bad. I was just talking. About I brought up gar- garlic flavored lollipops. Thank you very much. <laughs> What's beignets. the beignets? What's that? Beignets. Let's talk to the chef show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we covered dessert. Then yes. Uh, all right, so uh, uh, I'm gonna save our. I'm gonna save the. I'm gonna save this last question uh, towards the end of the show. Uh, so guys, uh, it was mentioned earlier. Oh, hold on. Before we do that, uh, before we get into our topics tonight, what have we been watching, playing, doing this week? Uh, Josh already has an idea what I've been into, so uh, I'm gonna let Josh speak first. <laughs> Uh, so I wrapped, uh, Attack on Titan wrapped its season finale la- early this week. So I finished that up, uh, and start, of course, started My Hero Academia season five, uh, both great shows. Go watch them if you haven't watched them. I didn't uh, want to embarrass myself yesterday when we were talking, when y'all, when y'all were talking about it on the Boss Wars podcast, I am so behind on My Hero. Like I'm only on episode five of the first season. 
Uh, so, dude, stick with it. I promise you, stick with it. The end of season one is when it starts to like really oh, no, no, pick no. up. No, it's it's entertaining. Like, I mean, I don't so good. Given the given what I know about given what I know about the show and what everybody's talked about with my hero, mm-hmm. I know this show is good. So I don't mind sitting through. I don't mind sitting through the. I guess the the mundane stuff, you know, to yeah. get to to get to the meat and potatoes. Because if this show hasn't set itself up, I'm all there for it. You know, like not every. The cool thing about anime is not every anime just pops off in uh, like in like minute five of the first episode. So I'll tell you right now, like so I I watched the first four seasons uh, at the end of the summer, got super into it, started reading the manga week to week, um, <laughs> got caught up. Like it's like I'm sucked into it that much now, and like it. If you look at where where the anime is, you're about to hit a point, probably in about six or seven episodes, where the gas gets pressed all the way down and literally has not let up in about a hundred chapters. I like, I like how a moment ago you said you just got sucked into it. Like your camera actually zoomed in. <laughs> zoomed my my camera is so weird with the autofocus. I hate it. I hate it. Like I'm just close enough to it. And it really bothers me. Cause I've noticed that on playbacks of things. Yeah. Um, yeah, my hero I'm... though. So good. If you like superheroes at all, it's such a good one. Like, I get that, like, a lot of the people who are going to be into it are, like, you know, probably their late teens, their early 20s, but man, that shit gets really dark. <laughs> like, for a superhero series that's centered around a bunch of kids, it gets really, really dark. Uh, and, like, in a good way, too. Like, there, there'll there be a point at about the halfway mark of season five, which is what we're on right now, where you just go, what? Like, they're not really doing this, are they? And it's it's a plot thread that you don't. It's a plot twist you don't see coming, and you're just like, "All right, I guess I'm along for the ride now. Like <laughs> I I'm here. Okay, let's let's see what happens." <laughs> but it it's I, I really like that. I encourage like if you if you're looking for a good place to like get into an anime that doesn't feel like super Japanese, My Hero is the way to go. Like it's definitely less Japanese than like it's it's definitely it is still Japanese, but it's not like as intense as something like uh, Demon Slayer, Jujutsu Kaizu, Kaisen, which are way more Japanese than this. I don't, I don't know. I I really like it. Uh, finished Dishonored two, of course, and attempting to play Outriders. How's that going? How's Outriders for you? He's he's attempting. <sighs> When it works, like today, I, I got I got to play uninterrupted for about two and a half hours today, uh-huh. um, and it's a game that I think is only fun with friends. I tried playing it by myself and turned it off after like fifteen minutes. Yeah, I just didn't enjoy it with friends. It's a really good time. I think that I'm level thirteen in the game, and I still have no idea what's going on in the story. Gotcha. I don't care about any of these characters. Though, I mean, I don't really care about the loot either, honestly. I think the characters look bad. I think the armor looks bad. Yeah. It's really fun to light people on fire and then mow them down. Yeah. So in that regard, like, I think it's fun, but I think I would like it a lot better if I wasn't so into Destiny. Right. I think, honestly, that's what's like. The Most of the people I've seen praising this are people who, like, either have never attempted or have really struggled to get into Destiny. And I just kind of want to look at all of them and go, guys, please, for the love of God, just pick up Destiny, play a game that has an actually engaging narrative that has really good lore behind it, that has rewarding weapons and designs and everything else. And like, it's weird. Like, I think the powers like the skill trees are so cool in Outriders, 
but to get to the really cool powers, I'm gonna have to play so fucking long in this game that I don't want to do it. So I think that's my big problem is that like, and I agree, I, I've only played the demo, and I apologize the demo is for exceptionally terrible. It's I really bad. It's um, terrible. The game does get bad. I will say it does feel better than in the demo, mm-hmm. but not by a whole lot. Like Nerd and I were playing the other night, and he was like, oh, "I've already played more than I ever thought I would in this game." And I, I agree. I definitely have well, to. If, well, that's good. If this was not a Game Pass game, though, I do not feel bad saying right. this. I 100% never have played it. Yeah. I would that's... never have dropped $60. I would be mad if somebody told me that I needed to pick up this game. That's I would the be only active. thing that is like a twinge of me being like, maybe I'll try it is to know that I can try it and not pay yep. anything for it. So, like, that being said, like, I, I'm at a slow point in Destiny. If this had come out last fall or even in uh, mid-February, like, it was delayed to, I would have absolutely played Destiny over this. I would have been playing the new season over this. Yeah. Like, Dead Man's Tale just dwarfs anything that I've done in Outri- Outriders. It's not even a contest. Like, I don't understand why this game needs to be always online either. That's what yeah. that, That's another just terrible decision. There's nothing live service about this game. Wait, wait, but, yeah, because it's not it's not PvP, right? No, but yeah. this game is very clearly designed to be played with friends. It is not meant to be played solo. Mm-hmm. It is it just insanely fun to combo all your moves together, to combo all your abilities. But after a while, it's just like, I feel like I've been to this part of the map before, and I'm just mowing down more mobs. Like, I don't know. I have to think a little bit more than I do in Destiny, but it's just like, the enemies feel like bullet sponges after a while, and that's just not fun. Yeah, it's, that's does, never fun. I, I does it feel that's never fun? Does it feel like early Destiny One, where it's just like there's potential that they could revamp? Like, so my beefs with it is that like, if I I had two thoughts first, is just like it feels kind of like Destiny, in which case I'd rather play Destiny, and it feels yep. kind of like Gears, in which I'd rather play Gears. Yep. And I hated, and grant again, I just played the demo, but like I hated. Every character that I yep. saw, I hated every they single. They take a little one. bit of, they take a little bit of gears, a little bit of destiny, and a little bit of the division, and kind of throw them in a blender, and that's what you get. Yeah. And I don't know, like I think the like the power cooldown is really nice. The uh, fact that you have so many skill trees and so many different abilities you can apply is cool. But the game has uh, this is what I said after the demo. It has no soul. Yeah. I feel like if I'm I'm playing a game without a soul, like even the division, like I've said that before, but even that, I got like kind of invested in the narrative. Right. Right. Obviously, right. before everything that happened in the last year, like it's really hard to go back to the division now for me, but it is tough. I would rather go play Destiny or Gears or even the division, like you said. Like I would rather go play those games because I think everything that Outriders does well that they borrowed from those games, those games each do better but i will say this feels like a more mature borderlands in a lot of the way in the way that Mm. it's written uh which is to say that it's still a shitty story shitty characters and just uninteresting dialogue um i think there's potential there like for future content i just don't know if there ever will be like any it feels like really surface level right now yeah um it's like i'm not i'm not invested at all like i'm only playing this because my friends are if i get on and i'm the only person on like i'm not gonna boot this up i would rather go play destiny by myself right yeah it's funny because like destiny is a game that is infinitely more fun playing with others but if i need to noodle around by myself for a day i still can in destiny right 
So like, I don't know if you have, if you have an Xbox and you have game pass, which I mean, if you have an Xbox and you don't have game pass, what are you doing? Um, you should definitely check this game out. Don't, I would not spend the $60 on it. Um, I've had a couple friends who were just like, they absolutely are in love with this game. And again, mm-hmm. it's, it's people who have struggled for years to get into destiny. The people who get really upset that when they step away from destiny for six months or so, they come back and like, Oh, all my shit's useless now. Like, yeah, it's a live service game. Like, I think they like the idea that outriders hasn't has a tangible end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, that'll probably, they're, they're probably going to do expansion packs and stuff. And I'm just like, None of this is compelling to me right now. Like I, I have yet to find anything where I'm like, yes, this has sold me on this game. Like yeah. I'm having fun, but that's because there's nothing else really for us to play. It's slow in Destiny. Division right. is dead. Like I would rather be playing those games with my friends. I'd rather go boot up ESO again, honestly. Yeah. So, I'll let somebody else have the floor though, so I don't just complain about Outriders all night. All right, all right, Joe, you're up. I so I watched all of season two of Solar Opposites. I don't know why I'm watching it. I guess it's just trying to get a Rick and Morty fix until Rick and Morty comes out. Yeah, I miss Rick and Morty a lot. I like that show. I think speaks so much like all like the weird sci fi stuff in it. I'm just like the show gets me. And when I watch (laughs) Solar Opposites, I'm like, I'm like, oh, it's like 40 percent there maybe 30 and it's just not quite rick and morty mm-hmm. um whatever outside of that i played all my normal stuff i've been playing a lot of destiny trying to make sure that i'm at power level because i took i took like two or three months off destiny i don't even know if it was that long but it took some time and it's just like i'm infinitely behind uh, i started to play super mario 64 on the uh on the on the switch mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And let me tell you that that game is uh, needs some love. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's really bad in that game. Yeah. And that, like, yeah. I you deal with as a kid when you're playing it because it's, like, the game that you spent $75 on, mm-hmm. you know, or your parents did. And you're like, oh, I'm going to play this. And it's a Mario game, so it is fun. But, like, it really kind of bums me out that, they repackaged those games for $60 and they didn't do anything to them. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very it, upset about it. Yeah, it, um, it, pisses, it pisses me off how lazy they were with that. I mean, like, so Laurent and I went in on this when it was announced yeah, about oh, hell yeah. how, lazy <laughs> oh, hell yeah. how bad this was. It really makes me upset that Skyward Sword is going to be exactly the same this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty uh, much. Yeah. The, the only thing they did was they re they revamped the controls to make it playable. You know, they had to, yeah, they, well, had, they had, to. had to. They had to. That was that yeah. was the only way they were going. That was the only way they were going to be able to justify putting it out on the system. Mm-hmm. I, I, Nintendo does this though. When they put things out, they don't revamp them. They just put it out in the laziest way possible because mm-hmm. we go, oh my god, Nintendo, we have to get these games because they may never put these out again, yes. yeah, which is right. more often than not true. But also, they literally said like, hey, this is going away. Get it now. That's that's the fucking most bizarre that's the, thing. That's the this, that's the that's the oh, go go ahead, Josh. Go go. <laughs> I was gonna say like they got rid of this on the thirty first of March, but they also got rid very quietly of the only localized version they've ever done of the original NES Fire Emblem, which had never been released in its wait 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 that's state. wait that's disappeared too. Yes, uh-huh. that went away on the thirty first as well. Oh, was which Mario in sense. it? 
No. It's so <laughs> weird. Good like, question. Good that's question. what we were like, oh, it's the death of Mario and apparently original Fire Emblem? Question mark? Yeah. Uh, I thought, wait, why did they make that limited run? Like, it's a freaking NES card. It's an NES cartridge. I don't, I don't understand, uh, but I, I jumped on and bought it. It was six bucks. I bought it. I may never play it again, but it's like, I want to have that piece of Nintendo. There right? was, there was, there was the, nothing, there was nothing, I love Fire Emblem. There was nothing motivating me to buy that game, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, like, if you're going to take it off, at least make it part of Nintendo Switch Online. Right. Like, I hate that you make something like this, like, the Mario Collection is only up for, like, six months because... First off, you're in the middle of a goddamn pandemic, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, people have to allocate, and it's the same point that I made in September, I'm going to make it again now, like, you have to allocate your money properly, right? Like, not everybody can go out and spend 60 bucks. Two, those are three classic Mario games. My thought at first was when they were going to delist it, oh, maybe they'll sell them each for $20 a piece. Right. But then I went ahead and bought the collection because it's like, oh, maybe they won't do it. I'm actually really upset I bought that collection because they play like shit. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Nintendo needs to get their shit together because I'm really, really tired of the half-assedness. And, like, we we tend to excuse it because it's Nintendo. We just go, ah, that's the way Nintendo's always been, though. They've always done this. And that's not an excuse for them to keep doing it. If you're going to do this, just please release them to the virtual store. Don't make me pay $60 for this collection. Yeah, exactly. There's (laughs) no reason why all three of these games, like, if you think about any of the it's other Mario 10 million copies total, well, and that's you, out of fear in six months. It's so yeah, yeah. you're not going to keep milking that. My, my thing is they probably looked at that and were like, Oh, we made a big mistake, but we can't renege on it because we plan on doing this to Zelda next year. I feel like super Mario all-stars, even the one for the SNES, mm-hmm. they were the other games, but they were reskinned to look, and play a little bit modern. more current. They, they looked modern for the right. time. And granted, like I don't, if going back and playing those, I don't, I don't really like that. Like I like my original Mario looking like original Mario. Oh really? Oh, I, I I do. I, I mean, like let me. If you're gonna play Mario, like the like Mario One, mm-hmm. which version do you want to play? Do you want to play the original Mario One, or you want to play the Super Mall All Stars for the SNES Mario One? Oh, you see, see, I. I love Are you serious? Updates. I love the updates. That, oh. I love the updates for the. Okay, so when those games came out on on GBA, mm-hmm. those updates that they got, I loved it. Mar- the Mario Vance series. Yeah, the Mario Vance yeah, series. I yeah. loved it. I, I I felt like it was the pinnacle of how you should remake those games, like remake so those games, but still. I haven't keep played the, the Game Boy Advance ones. Oh I'm, yeah, I'm just talking well, about the SNES ones. Okay, well the SNES. Okay, you know what. Putting it in perspective like that, the SNES one, I did have a problem with, you know, back when it was a new thing. I, I was like, I was yeah. like, yeah, I'd rather play like, well, but that's also because like, I always felt like the Super Nintendo had a lot of tricks behind it, you know? Uh-huh. And, uh, and so it kind of, so like playing like Super Mario 1, for example, in that, in that Mario All-Stars game, you know, kind of pulled me out of the nostalgia of it. I immediately just went and played Super Mario 2. You know, I couldn't play Mario 1. Right. But like, even yeah, so how, you're right, you're right. How is, but like, I'm going to pick on Mario 64 because that's the one that I've played. The, I, I uh, finished that game 100%. Mm-hmm. On SN or on Nintendo 64, so like I'm very familiar with mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. and like 
you know how when you go and replay a game and like sometimes you're like, like Knights of the Old Republic is a good example of just being like that game you sink so much time into it and then you go and play it now you're like it's just kind of hard to play yeah like you, you your rose colored glasses are a little bit too thick mm-hmm. you know and like but then you look at something like and I fucking sorry for bringing this up again because this is the one I bring up all the time Master Chief Collection which is like the perfect example of like I can still play it exactly how it was or I can play it like a little bit modern but either way like it's playable now it's still playable how is Mario 64 not getting a better frame rate or looking a little bit less janky or having a better camera system or not having like the weird long times where you could tell if they were loading and unloading stuff onto the ram like it it seems so weird where they have these screens where it's just like you have to sit and stare at this thing for a certain amount of time just because it's like well it's baked in and it's like yeah but like you're telling me that the switch doesn't run any better than Nintendo 64 it's just nuts it just feels so weird yeah oh man Josh and I can have this conversation all day about I hate about- it all the all the all the all the bullshit shenanigans that Nintendo does and and yeah as consumers we are to blame for this stuff because yeah. like because like we will run out there and eat Bought well, it. Not, not well I mean when I say we I'm talking about gamers as a community because I'm fed up with Nintendo's tricks like the the copy of Mario 3D All-Stars that I have like that was a gift I didn't put my money on that someone got that for me I so I I put it down because so I've never played Galaxy okay uh-huh. I had Galaxy on the Wii. I think I played it for like maybe a couple of hours, but I sold my Wii pretty early on in the lifespan, like pretty much three months after Brawl came out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mario Sunshine is my all-time favorite Mario game, probably my favorite platformer ever made. And I'm just so upset at how it runs on the Switch. It's like the bare minimum was what was done here, like maybe even less than that. And we don't need to compare everything to Master Chief Collection. I think that that's an exceptional amount of service that was given. 100%. To a port. Um, it did something that I don't think any other collection will ever attempt to do again by bringing every multiplayer map and mode together. Um, but it's they, also uh, way add- bigger than Mario. Right. And I mean, they, they've added to it with ODST and with Reach and, you know, Firefight is in there now. Like, and basically everything short of Halo 5 is in there, which would not shock me if that gets added later on this year. But there comes a point when you, you know, you look at some of the remasters and re releases Nintendo's done in the past. Like, uh, the the uh, Pokemon remasters that they've done are usually pretty decently received. Okay, like I remember getting Fire Red and Leaf Green on the Game Boy Advance, and just being like, "Wow, this is awesome to get to play these games like this." Heart Gold, Soul Silver, same thing. How is it that the company that can put those out and put like Wind Waker HD out be so lazy with this? Right. Especially their, when you had months with their, with their flagship. Their flagship franchise. I mean, I mean, I mean, when I mean when people think Nintendo, the first thing that pops in their head is Super Mario. They don't, they don't think about Zelda. They don't think about Metroid. They don't think about Pokemon. You think about Mario, or you think about Pokemon at this point. Those are the two things you think about. Actually, I don't know because I, 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 I've met a bunch of people who, who still don't, uh, you know, affiliate Pokemon with Nintendo because I guess it's wild because Pokemon has sold infinitely more than Mario has at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's also because there's more Pokemon games. Right. I don't understand how Nintendo is not putting out a Mario game, I would say, at least, like, every other year. I mean, they basically are. They just they basically, yeah, they basically the are. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, 
I don't New know. Super don't Mario those. Brothers has been re-released like five times. I swear to God, if that game comes out one more fucking time. Wait, which game? Which game? New Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Because it, it came thought, out. It came out thought, on the DS. I thought, each, I thought each of those games were like were like. Yeah. Okay, so you had New Super Mario Brothers. Then you had, you had the DS. You had the Wii. You had yeah. it on right. U. Then they, they did the New same, Super. Wait, is it the same on the, game? Is it the same yep. game? Yep. I mean, they keep adding yep. characters and stuff. Like they, yeah, they, they, keep they add some elements every single time. It's sixty dollars. Right. You're kidding me because no. I only bought I only bought the one for the 3ds. So we have the one on the we have the one that's on the Switch because Chelsea loves it. She had it on the Wii when she was younger, and like, oh my god, I have so many good memories. So I bought it for her for Christmas. I refuse to play that game with her because I just I hate that game so much. But it's like I understand like. Nintendo keeps re-releasing it because it keeps selling. Like it's it the best-selling selling. DS game. Yeah, it's the second, second or third best-selling Wii game of all time. It's the best-selling Wii U, I believe, and it's it's sold like another twelve or thirteen million on the Switch in the last two three years. It's bonkers. It's a Nintendo first-party game, so it never goes down in price ever. But like, if you're gonna re-release a Mario game, please put out the OG Paper Mario from N64 and Thousand Year Yes, yes. please put. Out. If okay, you're gonna maybe keep... not thousand, maybe not thousand year door, but definitely Fuck you. thousand year door. <laughs> I did not. I didn't. I was not entertained on that game. <laughs> you know what's and... funny? And I, I don't want to put a huge nail in this, but it would be a nice roundabout to say that if Nintendo were to charge fifteen dollars a month for their online service and just give you access to all of their first party titles, dude. Oh my god! So they I, I would make so fucking, much money. Well, here and over I talked about this on the Boss Rush pod yesterday, and I was like, I don't think Sony will ever do this. No, I feel like Nintendo should be the logical one to do this with their history. But Nintendo also knows they've got us by the balls. Like we'll yeah. keep paying money, like until people decide to stop uh, doing it. But I mean, like, yeah. The problem with something like the Mario Collection is people see that, and, like, if they're not huge gamers, they're like, oh my god, I remember those games from when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Mario 64, I gotta, oh, I gotta get this, it's limited time only, I gotta go get this, right. and people run out and get it, like, my mo- Corey my and I were factor? thinking about it, like, we bought it to hold on to for a couple years, and then we'll go sell the physical copies. That's what I did. Yeah. yeah. My motivating <laughs> my motivating factor for, for, for wanting the Mario collection was, I was like, I'll finally get a chance to beat Mario Sunshine, because I never beat it on the GameCube, I had it for the Sunshine. GameCube. I love it so but, much. But, um, but, I... I don't know, Josh. You were saying that you're saying they bastardized Mario Galaxy, but I feel like on the Switch, Mario Galaxy is playable. But that's for me because here's the problem I had with it when it was on when it was on the Wii. I'm one of those people that get 3D motion sickness from video games, certain video gotcha. games, and Mario Galaxy. I was working in GameStop and I was watching somebody play, uh, you know, at the Nintendo kiosk, and mm-hmm. it was freaking, it was freaking making me feel like I was about to pass out because like the guy would run from the bottom of the screen to the top of the screens and the screen would flip and all this stuff. And I was like, man, this is, this is giving me flashbacks of RE4 when it came out on the GameCube because RE4's camera was so tight that when you did quick turns and when you're doing all this stuff, like you were getting whiplash in the game, you know, from watching the gameplay. I, I got you. I mean, I, I haven't had a chance to play Galaxy yet on the Switch and I don't, I honestly, I don't know if I ever will. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm just, I was so put off by trying out 64 and Sunshine on it that I just, I kind of don't want to go back to the collection now. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just go suffer through Fire Emblem. The NES one. Yeah. 
See Fire Emblem. See Fire Emblem. Like I saw it, and and for a second there, I got caught up in the nostalgia hype of of, of it. But I was like, mm-hmm. man, I was like, I, I understand it was six, seven bucks, you know. But I was like, I'm, <laughs> I'm playing Fire Emblem Three Houses right now. There's no way in hell I'm gonna I'm gonna stop what I'm doing and play that game. Right. Understood. I did not know. I did not know it was gonna disappear off the damn store though. That's some bullshit. Yeah. Joe, Joe, what else you've been into now that we've successfully derailed your "What are we playing?" segment? No, I mean for me, like that—that's more or less it. I mean, those are my two new things, and then you can just insert Destiny, Halo, Call of Duty, <laughs> like a piece of shit that I am. <laughs> as long as you know it, oh, I'm very aware. It's fine. <laughs> Laron, what you got for us besides Monster Hunter? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm definitely like uh, grinding my way through Monster Hunter. I say grinding, but uh, it's not really a chore for me. Like I, that's that's what I do with these games. Um, uh, I have been trying to catch up on a couple of TV shows that that, that I've been a little bit behind on. Um, I was a few episodes behind. Oh, actually, actually, um, I caught some of the uh, the premiere of uh, the. The new Law and Order show with uh, with Chris Maloney. Oh, uh, I love Chris Maloney. Yeah, like uh, like it's good Man. to see him back. But I, I don't think I've I watched the Law and Order since he left. Yeah, well, you want know crazy? He's been gone for for eleven years. Yeah, he was the really, last time he was on it. I was in high school. I didn't realize he was gone for that long. I did not realize. I, I, it, it feels like he just left that show like a few years ago. It didn't. Eleven it didn't, years ago, he left. Lost ended, and twenty four ended for the first time. Yeah. I did not know what to do when I went to college because all my shows were over. Yeah. So if so, it feels all. It, it felt all bittersweet. I haven't finished that episode yet, but uh, but um, but I've been playing just like I said, a little bit to catch up on some shows because um, uh, somehow or another, I missed a couple of episodes of uh of the rookie. And uh, and and it kind of pissed me. I know why I missed a couple episodes of the rookie. Uh, I missed a couple episodes of the rookie because it went on a weird ass freaking break. Is that Nathan Fillion's show? That's that's his show. Yeah, okay. that's the cop show. And and that's another thing too. Like I I I've, I've found myself gravitating to like first responder shows all of a sudden because mm-hmm. I'm I'm watching the rookie. I'm watching this show on Fox called The Resident. I'm watching I'm watching both the nine one one shows for off of Fox as well. Um, I I almost I, I almost have decided to jump back on the Chicago Fire. Almost I haven't <laughs> I haven't watched that show in years, but I'm like, whoa, they're on season nine now. So what I'm gathering is Laurent well, just likes anything from executive producer Dick Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> wait 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 is uh Chicago Fire? It is Dick Wolf. Yes. Oh damn. It's all the same. Have, have you ever seen John Mulaney John Mulaney's stand up and one of them he he's talking about he's like he's like I was like three he's like I was about three seconds away from feeling like I was in a show that's gonna end with executive producer Dick Wolf pop across the screen. <laughs> that, that's he's like talk like... about some guy who came and uh taught them like what to do if you're kidnapped or something when he was in <laughs> elementary school. Oh wow and he's like it felt like a real law and order SVU style thing. <laughs> Does anybody else see, feel extremely conflicted when they watch like a bunch of Fox shows in a row and just knowing that Fox News is out there somewhere? Yes. Yeah, I do. do but I, I try do. to rational. So I try to rationalize it. OK, first off, I don't watch them actually when they're on Fox. I watch them on Hulu so that way I can pretend that I don't know Same. what's happening. That's, that's Disney Same. money there. <laughs> that's Disney money. Also. Right. Fox TV shows like that are Disney money now because they own Fox television. Yeah. yeah. So I can disassociate them somewhat. 
but there comes a point when you're like, yeah, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I I am always okay with it until I see some sort of logo or something exist, and then I'm just yeah. like, oh, yes. oh. I, like I, I watch two episodes of nine one one, nine one one, and then I uh, I atone for it by watching three hours of Rachel Maddow. He's like whipping yourself with a can of nine tails. <laughs> oh man, I just needed to kill thirty minutes. Yeah, no, I've also got a uh, uh, Godzilla versus versus Kong like queued up. I have Godzilla I versus Kong it. is so good though. Is okay, it really? I, it's it's cute. It's queued up. I haven't watched it yet. I There's love no it. way that's serious. Is it really good? It, no, I'm I'm dead ass serious. Right. You are talking to someone who grew up watching all the old Godzilla movies, though. Sure. So right. I love Godzilla. Right. I think this is fantastic. All right. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the, the last Godzilla. What was the King of the Monsters? Mo- King of the Monsters because because yeah. Mothra was in it, and then they had then they had that other one. You uh, you, he fought King Ghidorah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you have the first one where he like the whole cocoon thing is erected over like San Francisco, and he he fights in it and say he saves Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch in it, and then in <laughs> King of the Monsters you have him saving Kyle Chandler and the girl from Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not using character names here. I'm just associating by whatever. Coach Taylor is saved. Okay, mm-hmm. and then. In Kong Skull Island, well, everybody fucking dies. So it's Steve Brule doesn't die though. Right? I didn't like Kong. I don't like Kong Skull Island. It's not a good movie. But King I saw Kong, or Godzilla versus Kong. It's a pretty damn good movie. All right, I watch it. You're gonna catch so much shit if I hate it. <laughs> I know. I know that's not something you can know ahead of time. It's purely a, listen. Uh, the the human stories like in all of these movies sucks. Right, I I could have done without the Millie Bobby Brown storyline at all. Yeah, I just I'm getting progressively, and it's not her fault. I'm getting progressively more annoyed by the roles that she's in, though. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. don't I don't like her character on Stranger Things. I don't like her character in the MonsterVerse. Uh, you have fucking Ky- Emmy Award winning Kyle Chandler right there, and you don't do more with him. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm I'm just, I'm very upset. Okay, I'm very <laughs> upset. I don't know. We've been re we've been rewatching Friday Night Lights, so I've had an influx of Kyle Chandler in my life. I just feel like he needs to get up there and give like a big motivational speech to Godzilla at some point in the movie. <laughs> and end it with clear eyes, full hearts, don't can't lose. And uh, you know, it's it's gonna go real bad for all of us. Well the only the only other thing I'm gonna say about Godzilla versus Kong is um is because my roommates have already watched it. And mm-hmm. I, I was and I was I was taking a quick break from Monster Hunter. I ran downstairs to go to the fridge to grab something, and walked in right as they were booting up freaking Mecha Godzilla. And I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, oh, "He's in this man. movie too." <laughs> I am extremely glad that that was not spoiled for me prior to the movie because when it happened, I was like, "What on earth is happening now?" <laughs> I was expecting Mecha King Ghidorah to walk out. <laughs> Based off the ending of King of Monsters with the uh, the post credit scene when they were recover his head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know what? The one thing I will say is because uh, uh, no one cares about the human characters. Like they, no. they, they, they go out of their way to humanize like the monsters, well, which, I mean, is, I which is which is which is what I like. I like that. I like I, that. I, I care. I care about the human characters.
Yeah, yeah. Because I, I swear, uh, Godzilla, King of Monsters, man. I was, I was, I was on Team Godzilla when, when they're like, oh, dude, you're all. It's if you're not Team Godzilla, what are you doing watching these movies? Right. And some people, some people go in these movies wanting, wanting, wanting the, every human to survive. Bruh, I, mean, I people were going, oh, from- I'm Team Kong. I'm not King Kong could beat Godzilla. I'm like, dude, he's King of the Monsters for a reason. Okay. <laughs> King Kong is going to get his ass beat by a fire-breathing dr- dinosaur, okay? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, his fur? Gone. It's, it's gone. He's going to be nude running around the city, okay? Yeah. It, just, it doesn't work. I think for some reason, though, whenever people think of King Kong, they're like, like well, that's the American one. You know? That's, that's, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is, too. Except yeah. Skull Island is in like right. The, oh, I know. I Western get it. It Pacific or something. But they they feel. Like, I mean, I think the origin of like the the film. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they're just like, well, I, you know, I like King. Kong. I've always liked King Kong. I like trucks. I like white people. I, got, I like my wife. off the back of What's my up? truck. That's all I like. I got truck nuts. Don't sue me. Well, you are suing me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad, I'm, glad, I'm, I'm glad you guys are saying it because if I say it, you, people are going to have a problem. It's what do you mean, so you people? I did not say you people. <laughs> I, I like so much of it, but it really just—I don't know. It's it's a it's a good fun time. Crack a beer, watch it. It's a good time. Oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. God, do, do it, it for the do it for for the culture, Laron. Do it. Oh, 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 oh! I will. Oh, trust me, I will. <laughs> but you know what? Since we're since we're talking about things we're watching, how about that Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Hey, how about it, dude? It's so good. That's way yeah. more. Uh... Am I the only one who like? I feel like I'm about the only person who's going. This was my favorite episode of it so far. Yeah, so far, yeah. No, Even I. Though, yeah, I think it, it, I think that's a fairly factual. Even thing. though, even though, I, even though last week, you know, like when they did the whole staring contest, and they were basically that nut to, when it, they were basically nut to nut with each other sitting in the chairs. That was hilarious because <laughs> I, lo- I love I love I love how I was like, oh, we're doing this <laughs> when they screwed the chairs. He's like, oh, we're doing this. <laughs> my my favorite scene of the entire episode comes from when they're in the club in Madripoor. Yeah. And yes. Sam and Bucky are like they're they're trying to fit in, and Zemo is fucking Z- dancing. Zemo is fucking just going buck wild. Well, da- Daniel Bruhl may be the unsung MVP of this show right now. I don't I don't know if he's even unsung anymore. I feel like if you watch that episode and you're not just like, man, I hope I hope he gets I hope he doesn't go back to to prison. prison. Yeah. I hope he's I hope he's all right. Like that's a weird feeling. He, oh, you know so he's gonna. You know he's gonna the, get away. He's like a major. He's like a major Captain America villain. He's not. He, he's not. So this is the thing. I think that they're. I think they're going to do the Thunderbolt storyline with him, because first off, Daniel Bruhl, incredible actor, just phenomenal. Every role he's in, he's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you tell me he's in it, I'm pro- genuinely. I'm probably gonna watch him. He's in a lot of German and European cinema. He's been in some stuff in America. I really like him. Mm-hmm. But when he was cast as Zemo in Captain America Civil War, I was like, oh, my God, yes, we're getting Baron Zemo. And it was a different type of Zemo than I expected. Yeah. Like, you you almost sympathize with him by the yeah, end of that movie. He's torn apart the Avengers. He kills T'Chaka, but you still are like, hmm? 
this guy lost everything and you meet him in this show and like you they give you the impression that he's changed but you know deep down inside he hasn't okay. he wants the he wants to kill these fucking guys mm-hmm. like he want especially bucky he wants to fucking kill bucky because he sees bucky as just a relic of hydra Mm-hmm. He wants to take him out. Like, that was his whole purpose, was he was trying to take out Hydra. And, oh, well, I'm going to take down the Avengers, too, because fuck you guys. You were the other half of the people who destroyed my city. Yeah. and Or my country, whatever. And I think the moment when he gets actually called Baron. Baron? Mm-hmm. It's going to chill down my spine. It's going to chill down my spine. Like, you see him fiddling around in the car, and he's gathering stuff, and he, like, hesitates with the purple mask, and then he just yes. stashes it in the back. When he dons it for the first time, like, it looks <laughs> a little goofy in live action, but he is a killing machine. Yeah. He is an, like, they, they go into, like, his whole thing as, like, being special forces. Mm-hmm. But, like, instead of him being German, he's Sokovian. It's so well done. Yeah, I I love this and the way they the way they wrote his character. I I you know, but that's the thing about it too. Like you know, and this is this is kind of the way I feel for the most part. Like the villains that pop up from Captain from the Captain America part mm. of the MCU always seem to have so much depth. Always mm. seem to have so much depth. I can't I can't. Only other villains I can think of that had had depth like that was Black Panther with uh, Killmonger. Yep. Um, and Thanos. Thanos for sure, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, even shoot, like even the Guardian of the Galaxy ones, they were they were throwaways in my opinion. So they, for for me, the only na- villains I really feel like they've nailed across the board are Thanos, mm-hmm. Zemo, mm-hmm. Uh, Killmonger, and mm-hmm. um, Loki. Yes, those are the only ones. And is I Loki really, really like... a villain? Yes, yeah, I, I would say he is. He <laughs> flat out tried to subjugate the Earth in the Avengers. He tried to have Thor killed multiple movies in a row. <laughs> I still feel I still feel like he's just a chaotic a chaotic by, antagonist. By, by Ragnarok rolls around, he's chaotic good, I think, or like yeah. chaotic neutral at, at the worst. And like yeah, he gives it he gives his life to try and kill Thanos at the beginning of Infinity War. Mm-hmm. And we're obviously going to get the alternate reality Loki here in a couple of weeks, but I think when it comes to villains, that's something that Marvel's always really lacked on screen because so many of the MCU villains just aren't the most notable villains for these characters. Yeah. The best Marvel villains, they didn't have the right, they didn't have the rights to Magneto. They didn't have the rights to Mr. Sinister or Apocalypse or Dr. Doom or Kang the Conqueror. Like they're just now getting the rights to those characters. Like Kang is in Ant-Man three of all things. Yeah. Which That's I can't, which, which I can't wait for. I cannot wait for. I can't wait for Kang the Conqueror. I can't wait for Doctor Doom, Magneto. Like I'm so excited to see these characters that in recent years, like they've really blurred the line between villain and yeah, uh, not hero, but like anti-hero. Hey, and, I feel like they try to make everyone a little bit likable. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I, I think that. I mean, I mean, with Vulture, I think, is really where you nail that. Is yeah. I, I, you know, that's. I feel like if you cannot make your villain relatable or somewhat likable, mm-hmm. then you just made just a completely two dimensional character that there your people are going to forget about. I mean, they'll talk about him as a plot point, but they're not going to talk about him as like, hey, man, this I, guy, this guy had this guy had staying power, you know. But do you? I mean, so by that same standard, what a, do you think that the Joker? In the Dark Knight, 
he's not really likable or relatable. Um, I mean, I think it's all in different approaches, right? Like, I think yeah. Marvel tries to make their characters a little bit more likable, and like DC, it's just like, no, we're gonna, we're you're gonna hate these villains. You're supposed to hate them. They're the bad guys. Whereas with a lot of Marvel villains, I think especially the way that they went in the 2000s with the comics, they're meant to be more sympathetic. Like, yeah. especially yeah. like, so they've changed Baron Zemo in this one to not being a fucking Nazi. Okay, like right. that's probably the biggest thing. Which is the gold Nazis, standard for 2021. Not a fucking Nazi is the gold standard that we're shooting for in 2021. <laughs> right. So it's good that they made that change. Well, like, I like one of the pieces of dialogue. He says, like, do you really want a bunch of red skulls running around? Right. Yeah. And I, I don't remember if it's him or if it's uh, Bucky who says it, but one of them says it. And it's just like, it really gets you thinking. I mean, like, Bucky was the tool, basically, of fucking Nazis for about yeah. 70 years. And like he's still clearly trying to atone for it, but that ending scene. Speaking of speaking of Bucky, though, man, oh my god! Like, I I, I like seeing him when he just gets raw. And he start he starts breaking people's asses in that club. He's... Talk about subtle acting too. When he was like, "Are you cool?" and he like just like gives like the tiniest nod. With his yeah. like, eyes, Stan is one of the best facial actors, I believe. No I, I think in the no, MCU, yeah, like, just real subtly, like he just employs, like he speaks so much with his actions rather than his words, mm -hmm. and that's fine because I'm sorry, I'm not here to listen to you talk. I'm here to watch you beat the shit out of people. <laughs> if I want somebody to talk, I'll let Anthony Mackie do the talking, right? <laughs> but like I. It, it's a joke that I love that Anthony Mackie said this How? when he was being interviewed uh, right before Falcon Winter Soldier premiered. He says, the joke around Hollywood for years has been, if you want to win an Oscar or you want to get nominated for an award, go act with Mackie. Because Jeremy Renner, nominated for Best Actor. Evangeline Lilly <laughs> was nominated for Best Actress, I believe, out of uh, Hurt Locker. Like, they were both critically acclaimed. Uh who else? There was somebody else that he was he was in a movie with who went up for uh, for best actor, and they're like, you know, now you're the leading man, though. Like you're the guy, and he's like, yeah, it's it's awesome. Like it, this is what you've worked for your entire career, basically. Like we're gonna see him in the cap suit by the end of the series, and I'm so excited. Yeah. Like if you don't have that man in the Captain America suit by the end of episode five, I I'm I'm gonna request the I'm gonna request your location, Google style, <laughs> because I'm gonna I'm gonna come and I'm gonna come talk to you. I'm gonna come talk to Malcolm Spellman and wonder where the fuck is this? Like I want to see Cap, the new Cap in his new suit. I want to see him in the all new, all different Captain America suit from 20, 2014 that leads in the secret wars. Like wait, I want you, to see him. Wait, do you really want to see him in that suit though? Because I thought, I, I think that suit is so hokey. Like no. I love, no. I love, I, I love, I love the Falcon suit that, that premiered in the winter soldier. Mm -hmm. I love that suit. And then, you know, the, the, the update of it in um civil war. And of course, in game. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but, I've always I've always had a problem with his comic book suit, and especially when his comic book suit looked more like he was the vulture. And, and <laughs> so basically, what what his suit looks like in the comics when he becomes Cap is it's essentially his movie suit, but it's painted like Cap. Yeah, with the with the stars and stripes. Yes, yeah. I would love because it's basically the Captain America Super Soldier jumpsuit, mm -hmm. but his wings are what's red, white, and blue. Yeah. 
I am one hundred, dude. You give me that with the fucking shield, I'm gonna start crying. You know what? Like I, the racists what? are gonna be mad, and I'm here for it. Yeah, fuck the racists. Fuck. They're gonna be mad because we're gonna have a black cap, and I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Because uh, genuinely, Sam becoming Cap is one of those great moments of Marvel in the 2010s. It's, it's where supposed, it's, like, it's supposed to happen. It's supposed it's to happen. Ar- this is earned. And I've seen so many people, like even my girlfriend was asking me, she goes, he got given the shield at the end of Endgame. Why is he giving it to the government six months later? And it's like, yeah, it makes no fucking sense, does it? He's giving it to, he's giving it to the government because, because he's a soldier. By, he's a soldier and he's I a patriot. I them to take it by force from him, which is what they do when U.S. agent premieres, is they take it away by force from Falcon and Bucky. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, like... Bucky has some really interesting dialogue in this episode, I think, where he's basically like, Sam, you know giving up the shield was a mistake, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't take it, I will. Yeah. Like, become Cap, but he knows it was Steve's. And he's saying that just to motivate Sam because of their rivalry. Mm-hmm. He knows it was Steve's choice for Falcon to become the new Cap. Yeah. He knows, like, I mean, that's the scene that Endgame fucking ends on, is him mm-hmm. getting the shield. And it's... Yeah, it's like- it's just it's earned like there is no way that steve does not tell does not tell bucky his plan before he goes back in time like they have an exchange of dialogue right before he goes back yeah. saying like are you sure you want to do you sure you know what you're doing and he's like yeah i do and yeah. when he doesn't come back and bucky just like points over he's the only one who sees him he's like hey there he is go like he fucking knew yeah. But the fact that he doesn't go to greet his best friend, but he sends Sam over there and Sam is the one given the shield. And when he holds it for that first time mm-hmm. with the Captain America theme kicking in, it's just, it's one of those powerful earned moments. And that's what the MCU does so well, whether it's in a show or in a movie, every character beat like Scarlet, Witch actually becoming the Scarlet, Witch for the very first time is earned. Right? Yes. Yeah. You know, the, the whole Pietro fake out is great. Uh, it's great and all, but like seeing her and Vision in their original costumes, that's a, that's an earned moment that we've wanted for years. And now seeing Zemo don the mask is another one of those like, okay, this was a long-term payoff. We had to wait a lot longer. And per- my personal conspiracy theory is that they originally had intended for Chadwick Boseman to have a cameo in the final episodes. Hmm. But probably, they, probably. With that show getting delayed and its production, they were supposed to go back into production last September, I believe, mm-hmm. literally right around the time that he passed. So I think they had to go ahead and rewrite the show, and that's why you got WandaVision first. But they clearly still kept the Wakanda yeah. storyline in it, which I'm, you have to. Oh, yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, you know, speaking of WandaVision and everything, I'm see- I've been seeing arguments online about this. Um, a lot of people are saying that they actually like that WandaVision came out first because they're not liking the pacing of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now, in my opinion, I, I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier's pacing is pretty spot on. I I, I feel like, and, I, and don't get me wrong, I love WandaVision. I love, I, I was hooked from the first episode. But with Falcon and the Winter Soldier... I feel like this is the one that's act, that was actually it, it's still doing what it was, what it's supposed to do even though it's the second the second series now it's still laying the groundwork for phase four it's it's actually laying the groundwork for phase four better than in my opinion WandaVision is because WandaVision is only laying the groundwork for for Doctor Strange 
Yeah. So, like, this was supposed to be the first one. Like, just yeah. full disclosure, this was supposed to come out last August, pre-pandemic. Oh, yeah, And yeah, then it got pushed, and they were like, oh, it's going to come out before the end of the year, and then now we got to push it to next spring. And so much of that, from what I've heard, centers around what happens in episodes five and six. Mm-hmm. Like, with them being in Europe now, like, they were specifically supposed to be shooting in Prague. And yeah. they were having a problem. I think they also, I do, I genuinely think there had to be some reshoots. Because, I mean, again, personal conspiracy theory, like, I, I don't know how you do the Wakanda storyline and not have somebody major show up, mm-hmm. a.k.a. T'Challa or Shuri. Or even Okoye. A Koye, even Okoye. Like, I, I think one of them, like, kind of has to show up because I mean, we're talking about the guy who killed their king, right? Yeah. I, one of them, I think, kind of has to show up at that point, but also, like, just come on. They've, they've dropped so many hints to it. Call him White Panther. That was great. <laughs> uh, it's White Wolf, actually. Like, dude, fucking call him that, then. Like, I would love that if somebody just kind of right. called him the White Wolf in battle. But, I don't know. I, I think that I personally like this better than WandaVision. WandaVision did some stuff that we would never get away with in a movie. But... Overall, I think at the halfway point, when I look at where WandaVision was after four, if you include five episodes, that's when we got the Quicksilver twist. I think I like this overall better as a storyline mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like they had more to travel with WandaVision, though. Like, mm. like as far as developing Wanda into a character that people cared about more right. was a very, like, it, that's such a long journey to have happen. Mm-hmm. Especially um, when she's been in the movies for as long as she has, like yeah. we've seen character development of both right. Bucky and Sam before. Right. But, even but I I like the the thought, the exercise of them I mean <laughs> the show's literally about this, but like them taking more of a front row uh aspect to it. I like that. I like seeing them more on camera. But like you're right, I already I already've seen them. I've seen their dynamic before. I kind of get the gist of like each of their characters. But see, giving them more screen time or more front screen time, I think, is really effective. But yeah, I think WandaVision was a little slower, just so that you like Wanda, like or like yeah, you yeah, like know yeah. her. I guess I'm not I'm not trying to say like I I love WandaVision. You know, I'm not oh, trying no, to say I, like, yeah. I think that this story has me more engaged and i think part of that is because it's only six episodes like right. we're already at the halfway point mm-hmm. this episode covered more ground than the previous two combined but i think you also have just so much more appreciation in this specific series if you're familiar with the history of the cap of captain america and his supporting characters so like if you're involved if you know about you know Battlestar, u.s agent uh isaiah you know isaiah isaiah was he was the, he was the first black captain america yeah you know, and his grandson, Eli, like, you get invested in these characters, and it's like, oh my god, like, so many of us, like, myself included, like, I had forgotten about that storyline, like, yep. I think of, when I think Cap, there's four characters. It's it's uh, Steve, Bucky, Sam, and U.S. Agent. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You know, like, fucking John Walker, they're making, they're making you hate him, and the actor is just, like, Wyatt Russell thinks this is fantastic. He's like, yeah, I'm here oh, for yeah. it. This is great. You know, yeah, I've been I've been reading the interviews because uh, because um because I, I let's just say I had a visceral reaction when they rolled him out at the end of the first episode. <laughs> I had a visceral reaction. And and my reaction was, who the hell is this chote they just threw in the uniform? Right. 
<laughs> you know, but you know, but all, all all things aside, you know, like I I feel every every time I feel like they bring him out on camera, they bring him out on camera to get that reaction from us 100%. because. Yeah, because because it's all nuanced that you know, like, hey, he's Captain America, but he's also an asshole. <laughs> he has not done a sing every single scene that he's in, mm -hmm. regardless of what he's doing, and that could be something to actually talking to somebody or even just fucking sitting there. Every single thing that he's doing is like that is not what Captain America would be doing in that scenario. Yeah. Every single time, whether it's he's like too relaxed talking about something that's very important or doesn't wear the mask or is wearing the mask or is not having a shield or the way he's using his shield, the way he's talking to somebody or with the power that he's using and the way that he's using it. Every single thing is like not what captain America would do. And it mm -hmm. works perfectly. Cause yeah. like you see him in the uniform and regardless whether or not you actually care about captain America as a character or not, every time you see him in that uniform, it's like you, you have like this polarizing experience. You're like, that doesn't seem right. Mm -hmm. And it's, very effective and it makes me i hated him the moment i saw him and i hate him every time i see him and it's so great that it works <laughs> it, it's it's great that it works and man i think again like just so much of the charm of this is the chemistry between anthony mackie sebastian stan and now like the final piece of that puzzle is daniel Bruhl. uh-huh daniel Bruhl and emily van camp like the the, the gang is back together yeah, pretty and, much. Like she, this is this, this is the, the best thing speaking, they let speaking Sharon of, speaking do. Of other, speaking of other people who are raw, like oh my god, Sharon, Sharon, seen some things. <laughs> she's but seen some things. Scene. I I wonder like who she's actually working with because yeah. you know she 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 has the scene after you know the three mm -hmm. the three like protagonists really mm -hmm. flee. And she's like, we've got a problem. Well, a couple of them actually, and it's is she working for the power broker? Is she the power broker? Yeah, I'm thinking or, she's the power broker. Or is she working with the Flag Smashers, which is actually what I think. You think, ooh. Oh, so let's not, no, let's not, let's, thing, let's not get into that headcanon. Let's, let's not. The only thing that, put, that puts me off with that one is that I don't think she would willy-nilly be throwing Steve's super serum around like that. Mm -hmm. Or she had, and she was intending to create several of them, you know, to like protect the world. And obviously that went arah. So, but her being the broker also doesn't make sense to me. Um, despite what she's been through, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I don't know. I, I think that like her story you is about Actually, just as intriguing as the main plot. What if, what if what they're doing with her is, um, is, is like kind of what they did with Liara in uh, mass effect where, she was on the trail of the power broker and then she became the power broker, just like Liara was on the trail of the shadow broker and became the power uh, the shadow broker. Mm, yeah. I mean, you could do that. I just, I don't know. I I'm very interested because I don't think there, there's really no like canonical preset for where she's going to be going. Yeah. Like yeah. president, like with a lot of the other stuff that's happened in both WandaVision and now in Falcon, it's like, okay, well, this, this makes logical sense. Like, I really do think we're aiming towards having Zemo lead the Thunderbolts. Zemo and Winter Soldier are going to be like kind of an uneasy truce. And if that actually happens, you have them, you throw Red Hulk in there. <laughs> you, know, you know what's crazy yeah. about the whole Thunderbolts thing, though? The Thunderbolts thing is what started the Civil War in the, in the, in the comics universe. Mm-hmm. 
yeah so 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 you saying that you know like it's like it's like man all this guy's gonna do is just start start internal conflicts all over so the place. i actually wonder if this series is helping lay the groundwork not just for thunderbolts but i if some of the other shows are gonna lay it as well like so kind of know that the person and this is just this is what happens when your movie gets pushed back for a year and some change and the show that you're in is going to release around the same time but the person who's going to become the new black widow florence Pugh, has been seen on set for hawkeye it's been confirmed she's going to be in it uh i believe her character yelena has been a member of the thunderbolts before mm-hmm. what if you kind of have that i mean so here would be my ultimate dream to be the power broker is uh, General Ross from the Incredible Hulk and from Civil War. It's possible. What if he's that he injects himself with the serum and turns into Red Hulk and Zemo has to help them stop him. And so Zemo and Bucky keep an eye on him in the Thunderbolts because Red Hulk is one of the most famous, famous members, members of, of Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts. There's just literally like this, this is my part of the shows airing week to week is all the speculation you can do. It's nice not to know. It is. It is in it these is. shows. I'm at the yeah. point where like I these and I'm not looking for I'm not looking for the Easter eggs. Like I have friends who will be like, oh my god, did you see this Easter egg? I'm like, no, nah, I don't care. I don't. I don't. I'm here to play, like, I'll go back and watch these eventually and catch all that, but I don't care. Mm-hmm. The only thing that made me like actually like go like, oh my god, like that's a really cool drop is when they talk about Madripoor because of its relationship to Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Like that was cool to me, but other than that, it's like okay, like I'm just here. Like I'm here for the very obvious things, like Zemo being in this fucking mask. Right. Yeah. Him actually yeah. putting that mask on. And them asking Lamar, like, is your name, like, is that just, that's just it? You don't have a code name? Like, no code name? And, and like, his name is, like, actually a fucking Battlestar in the comics. Like, it's the dumbest name. Yeah. But, like, setting up the, like, you know, U.S. agent and him, like, have a huge falling out in the comics. Like, I don't know, like, what's, what's gonna fucking happen? Like, Wakanda is a new wrinkle to this? Like, he, in keeping with the MCU story, can you get Martin Freeman back, maybe? He was the one supposed to be watching Zemo. What's he what's he been doing since Black Panther? And they've already laid the groundwork for John Walker and Battlestar to have conflict. Yeah. Yeah. Which is well, nice. I mean they, and they do in the comics and yeah. go well for Battlestar, but mm-hmm. yeah. I'm excited for Friday. Me too. I, they need to start releasing these at a normal time though. What what three AM in the morning's not good <laughs> not decent? So what what I what I've argued for a little while now, like WandaVision is kind of what made me argue it. Because when it was just Mando, I was like, ah, this is fine. Whatever. You know? Now that you're gonna have Marvel and Star Wars stuff debuting in the middle of the night, and half the time it's being spoiled by the time I wake up by people just yeah. text, being like, Oh my god, did you see it? Because they know, of course, I'm gonna watch it as soon as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And so it's like I stay up into the middle of the night and watch it because I'm I'm unemployed. Like I get a ch- I can do that. So, you know, my girlfriend works nights. If she happens to have the night off, we watched it at 2 a.m. I don't want to do that for like the next five years. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I to get I up at like a.m. and not look at my phone and watch it before I go to work or something. Like just put it on at a normal time. Like 7 p.m. Eastern is when you debut it, or so, or 8 p.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. 
is when you debut it. Like, yeah, one time zone is going to get the shaft, but I think even if you put it on at like nine or 10 o'clock Eastern, most people would still tune in and watch it. Like that's kind of like the end of acceptable times to premiere something. I think that their concern is, and I know that they can afford it, but like you run into the game of Thrones thing where every week you, you crash your server. We're crashing at 2 a.m. Are they crashing at 2 a.m.? I log into the app so many times in the middle of the night. Oh, God. I don't have that. I I watch it Friday nights, and I don't just look at the internet. I watch it it first thing in the morning on Fridays when I wake up. Actually, because usually I go go work out at 7 a.m., and then as soon as I get back from from, from working out, I go watch it. Yeah, I... I just, I don't think it's sustainable. I think that, especially after summer, like once MCU movies are out, they're going to have to reevaluate how they do this. Yeah. Because, and it's funny because they're like really the first streamer where we've had to have this conversation because there's so much premium content coming from them. It'd be no different if HBO, I mean, like HBO would put out Game of Thrones at seven o'clock on a Sunday night, which, hey, we all knew that that's fucking Game of Thrones time. But if you set a set time every week, like Thursday nights is when your MCU shows premiere, Tuesday nights is when Star Wars premieres. Hmm. So many of us would just block out like that 45 minutes of our night to watch that. Yeah. Like as a family, you would have numbers through the roof. You're Disney, buy some better servers. Okay. Like I I will help crowdfund Azure servers for you if I have to. (laughs) But they can also, there's ways that they can, final bandwidth i'm sure and make it only accessible during those times but they would have to make sure that that is done appropriately mm-hmm. i don't know uh, uh, it's just it's gonna continue to be a problem that they're going to need to solve eventually yeah. it's a problem yeah that is true well um any any final thoughts on falcon and the winter soldiers uh episode three because um I swear we could we could talk all night about this. Watch uh watch Zemo's father be the power broker. What? what? Because if you remember the original Baron Zemo was his father who fought yeah, Captain yeah. America. Yeah. I I would love that. I think that would be a great twist to this. Like because my initial instinct was, oh, Zemo was totally the power broker until they revealed he was back in he was still in prison. Yeah. I'm like, eh. There are very easily ways he could be giving orders from prison. That, that's true. This is yeah. Baron's Zemo we're talking about. Like, yeah. I look at how easy it was for Bucky to get him a message, right? Like, it, that it's the, that was the craziest shit, by the way. <laughs> the book, yeah. I mean, it's like it's Baron Zemo. Like, you look at all the resources. It's just like that giant car or car garage that he has. Like, yeah. You you gotta think that he has something to do with this. Like he's not gonna be a good guy this whole time. Oh no no no. And um, yeah. and I would I would call. But I'm I gonna call enjoy sh- it while he does. Yeah, I would call shenanigans if like if like he all of a sudden turns and he's a freaking and he's a freaking good guy. I I would call shenanigans on. That. Oh, that's- he's ever gonna be a good guy. But yeah. what if? Oh God, what if that's why he grabbed the mask? was to keep himself masked so that his subordinates wouldn't see it was him who was killing them. And that's why he ran away. That's why he killed the doctor as quickly as he could. So as he's like, kind of keeping his face hidden in that, yeah. steals the gun and shoots him, and then books it out of there when things blow up. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, my God, no. We're going to have another 30-minute talk now. No, we're not. No, we're not. 
Pull us out. Pull us out. Pull us out. No, no, because we're, 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 we're moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> Tune in next week. Will Josh figure out? <laughs> <laughs> guys, you'll never believe what happened. Oh, all right, guys. So, um, all right. So this is a topic that we, that we, that we tried to get to last week, but we, we, we were kind of having an off night last week. We were, we were just like, you know, let's, let's, let's just do our thing and, and, and go to bed. So, uh, so bringing this forward from last week, uh, guys, Let's think about five games that we would that we would want to have if we were stuck on a deserted island. Um, and uh, these games can include collections and MMOs. So, so technically, a collection can you know a mastery collection. By the way, how many games is that? Like eight in one package. So, uh, so yeah, seven. so seven, six, six, six games, six, six games, six? Six. six. That's my final answer. Okay. All right. But yeah, uh, so so name five games that if you were stuck on a deserted island, these are the games that you absolutely would have to have. These are what would help you keep your sanity. Mm-hmm. Let's you know, and let's do this, let's do this let's do this differently. Let's go. Let's do one at a time till all of us hit five. So I'll how about how about this? I'll go first. I'll go. You first. go first. All right. Uh, a game. A game that I would have to have with me on a, on a deserted island. The first game I'd have to have with me on a deserted island is Final Fantasy Tactics, and I don't care. Oh my if god, it original. wasn't a Monster Hunter. If, uh, 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 just just wait, <laughs> just wait. <laughs> would be Final Fantasy Tactics, and I don't care which version it is the PS the PS one version or the War of the Lions version. I don't care which one it is. I probably I preferably want the War of the Lions version as long as it's been as long as it's the patch version that came out that uh, that people did on the internet themselves that fixes the the combat system. But Final Fantasy Tactics War of the Lions is the is one of the games I would absolutely have to have if I was stuck somewhere and could not get back to civilization. Who's next? We have internet. Like it's assuming that the game would function and all that. Like, well, it says it says, MMO, it says MMOs can be included. So yes, internet. All right. All right. So, I mean, I, the first thing I would, sorry, Josh, uh, I would, I would pick Destiny. It's like a game that has like fairly unlimited yeah. replayability right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, are we assuming that we would still get like regular content updates for this too? Yeah. Let's yeah. Let's go with that. Oh, fantasy. Yeah. Okay. Let's go with that fantasy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just to make it easier on ourselves, because there'd be so much angst and anguish if we were like, oh, but what happens when his end of life? it's like i would uh play destiny and then communicate to somebody on land of where i'm at and then they would come get me (laughs) it's the dwight street answer but destiny all right josh your your first pick master chief collection oh nice 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 i uh i was really surprised (laughs) that joe didn't say so i'm assuming that we can pick the same games too yeah if you want yeah if you want yeah i mean i'm so like obviously i would want destiny but i'm gonna say master chief collection here that's Mm -hmm. six unique games that's the full multiplayer suite from every game uh that is damn near unlimited replayability for me it's got two of my favorite campaigns of all time in halo 2 and 3 i really like reach i really like odst i really like four like I, there's just there's so much to do. Like custom games. You've got every multiplayer map every made ever made available. You've got firefight. There's just, just so much shit in that game. Master Chief Collection. Okay. Laron, your second pick. My second pick. Uh, my second pick. <clears throat> now that you called it out, it would be Monster Hunter, but it'd be Monster Hunter World. 
but yeah, I, I have a stipulation on that because Monster Hunter World has hit into life a couple of months ago. Mm. They would need to be continue. They would need to continuously keep doing updates. So yeah. you know, basically, in, in a perfect, dream fantasy world, yeah, in the perfect world, all the stuff that we got in Monster Hunter Rise should be in Monster Hunter World for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my second pick. Okay, uh, MCC was is my number two. So for all the reasons you said. There's a lot there. A lot of fun to be had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm. It's Joe and I are just swapping Destiny 2. <laughs> there, the, I, no, the irony uh, with the swap, too, is just staggering. For me, well, I didn't want to I didn't want to be like, oh, I'm going to take Destiny also, because when you were like, sorry, Josh, I was going, fuck you. I'm taking Master Chief Collection first, then. All right. <laughs> taking my mega constructs and leaving. Oh, uh, Laurent, right, hit me is, with your third. This is technically Corey's topic, <laughs> but can we can we include a game that we know is coming but has not been released yet? Why Bold, not? Bold move, Cotton. <laughs> You're not stranded yet. <laughs> the legendary, the legendary edition of Mass Effect. Uh, okay. Okay. The legend, yeah, the legendary collection, Mass Effect, Mass Effect trilogy. Um, and you know, and 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 the reason why I'm saying this is because, like, yeah, like I mean. Even though it's not out yet, like it's it's a it's a foregone conclusion that even if we don't like what they've done to Mass Effect One, that we are going to play Mass Effect Two and Three. Like that, I mean, and and that's mm-hmm. and that's entertainment value by itself with all the DLC and stuff that's included. Because uh, if I'm not mistaken, the only thing that's not coming is Pinnacle Station. It's because Pinnacle Station they lost the source code for that. But all the other DLC, so Citadel, the Arrival, all that stuff, it's 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 coming. So why not? Let's it's that's just, that's just rich, lush con- content. You know, I'm here for it. My number three is also Mass Effect. Uh, it could be either collection, but I have played all of those games a lot. I played Mass Effect one so many times. Uh, I I don't think I ever get really tired of playing it. Even when the first time I beat Mass Effect. I instantly loaded a new game plus right after that and started playing it again. You're talking about the, the, the original Mass Effect? Original Mass Effect. Okay. I instantly started loading it again. I don't hate the original Mass Effect. The only problem is playing it now. Like, it definitely feels like a game from 2007. It's, it's, it's clunky. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a game from 2007. But, you know, back in 2007, we put up with stuff like that. We, we don't put up with stuff like that anymore. <laughs> Hence our talk about the Mario 3D All Stars collection. <laughs> um, I think for my third one, I would go Skyrim. Ooh, Ooh. good one! Yeah. Because I have played through that game at least six or seven times in my life. Uh, it just it doesn't get old to me ever. Uh, you've got mods to spice it up. I don't know. There's just there's something about it. it's not the best Elder Scrolls for me. That's Oblivion, but I think Skyrim is infinitely more replayable. Um, and like uh, you know, a lot of it's because you know it's more modernized. It's definitely dumbed down a little bit. But I'm gonna take up. I'm taking a Bethesda game with me, and it's either this or Fallout Four. So <laughs> I don't want to build fucking bases. So it's gonna be Skyrim. I there's no Preston Garvey, so it automatically becomes the take. That's hilarious. Okay. Laurent, hit me with your fourth. All right, fourth one. 
if I was battling with myself while you guys were talking about this one because I was like, man, it's like one or the other. And then I realized there's a collection, the Metal Gear Solid HD collection, which is basically Metal Gear Solid 2 and Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. I feel like we're really cheating by including collections. All but these I, collections? But I hey, I, I'm reading I'm reading Corey's rules. It says can include collections and MMOs. That's fine. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like, and like I said, I, I was torn between the two of them because like I didn't. I didn't appreciate Metal Gear Solid Three uh, Snake Eater when it first came out. It was it was mm-hmm. it was too, in my opinion, when they went to the, like the the quote unquote open world mechanic of the um of the environment. I wasn't really feeling that, and uh, it's it, it pulled me out of the game. So I didn't actually I didn't actually play the game seriously and beat it until it came out on the PlayStation Vita. But it's one of my favorite Metal Gear Solid games now. Joe, so. Because it's a shame because a better collection doesn't exist, but there is a collection that exists that's the first half. But I would pick there's a Ratchet and Clank collection. Yeah. Yes. It was on the PS3 that has the first, like up to the PS3 era. Mm-hmm. I would get that. I love Ratchet and Clank, and I don't think that I would want to be without some sort of like goofy collecting game like that mm-hmm. that has a sense of humor. So okay. and Clank. Um, so I mean, all right. So I've got my shooters covered. I've got my Western RPG fix covered. I gotta take a puzzle game next, okay? Because I love time sinking puzzle games. Uh-huh. I'm taking Bejeweled. <laughs> Specifically, I'm taking Bejeweled three. I'm taking Bejeweled mm-hmm. three with me. Okay. It comes down to that. No, excuse me. I'm not. I'm taking Luminous. I'm taking Luminous specifically yes. on the. I'm taking Luminous uh, on the PS Vita. On the Vita. The PS Vita. Yes. I'm taking the Vita Luminous. Luminous has the distinction of being the only franchise that has caused me to buy a console solely for one game twice in one lifetime. And that is Luminous on the PSP and the sequel on the Vita. <laughs> I bought my PlayStation handhelds solely for Luminous and then so played wait, a shitload of other so games. So did you get the PS did you get the PS3 one when it came out? I did not did get you... the PS3. I did not get the PS3 one. Uh, Luminous was on the 360 by that point, so I played oh, it on okay. 360. Okay, okay, then. I played nice. it on 360. I bought the version that came out a couple of years ago. I bought mm-hmm. it on both the uh, Xbox and on the Switch. I love Lub- like Tetris Effect really good. Connected. It's phenomenal, and it's. I found out why I like it so much. It's because it's from the creator of Luminous. Oh. So, like, yes, I'm taking. I'm taking Luminous. The amount of hours I wish I could show you how many hours I've spent playing Luminous on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. It is between that and Bejeweled. All I play is fucking puzzle games on my phone. My girlfriend hates it so mm-hmm. much that that is what I play on here. But I do. By God, I do. I used to have it on my home screen. I think I find... Oh, nope, it's still here. I still have it right up there in that top corner. Still have... <laughs> still have... I, still yes. have Luminous, baby. I don't it's think it's gotten an game. update in like four it years. It is. It is. But, uh, I wonder... It's a oh, wonderful puzzle, and so. and unlike 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 a lot of puzzle games, like it 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 doesn't get like super fast and frantic all like quickly. Like, I mean, I don't think what Luminous Luminous doesn't get fast and frantic. Like you get in like level fifteen or something. It it, it does ramp up. It, it but gets it, fucking nuts, dude. Yeah, it yeah. does ramp up, but it does. It's not like how Tetris starts slamming you at like at like level eight. It it pulses too, like it ramps up, and then you hit like this little plateau, and then it goes back. When it changes, yeah. like the theme, it kind of goes back down, so you get ch- a chance to 
mm-hmm. to ramp up again. Did you know that they they were going to, and it fell through obviously, but they were going to make a Luminous game with Daft Punk was doing all the sound and music. Oh, yes. why would you tell yeah, me? I heard about this? that. I heard that was about true. that. Yeah, dude, I I just I love I love puzzle games. I love the shitty little two dollar puzzle games on the App Store. The ones that are free, like Bejeweled Blitz is free. Or not Blitz. I, I do have Blitz, but um, what's the other? There's another one on the App Store that has like 3000 levels on it. And I'm like at number 850 something. And I've never spent a dime in this game. So I, I am the antithesis of who they want playing this game. Same. They I've, want to actively block my account. I play <laughs> tune blast a lot. Okay. And there are 5,000. Hold on. Let me see if I can bring it up here. So how, how is Toon Blast? Because I I can't believe we're talking about this, but how is no. Toon Blast? I've considered downloading it. So I like I like it a lot. I I'm very satisfied it when I play. Like it's 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 one of those great things. I do the same thing though. Like you get like five chances, and then you have to like spend money if you want to spend money. You just wait the time. I don't ever spend money. Yeah, on I it. just I just close it out at that point. Right, and I feel like I'm good enough at the game that I do and like they have like. Each week you get like three or four challenges you can do and you get coins for it. I always have so much money. So much. From like just doing those that like if I do want to spend money, it's all. I have like 4,000 of each gem in Bejeweled. Right. And it costs like three of each to make something. Yeah. (laughs) You just got to be like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? You get to start (laughs) your level with like a booster. Like you get like Mm -hmm. and there's three different ones, but I have almost always have 99 of everything. Just, it's like max. That's the most you can carry at one time is 99. Um, so it's just every week I just have to wait for them to reset new levels because I've already done mm-hmm. them all. Um, it's fine. It's a great time waster. It really well, is. Well, Ron, hit, hit me with number five. Hit me with number five before I start talking about what mobile games I need to download. Please. All right. Well, um, I, I put some serious thought into this. If I'm going to be stuck on a deserted island, I... I know, I know me. Like, if I'm stuck on a deserted island, I'm gonna be all up in my damn feelings about how, like, I'm stuck on a deserted island, which means I'm not gonna, I'm going to ne- neglect myself, like, you know, physically. So I actually pick, I'm actually picking a Dance Dance Revolution arcade cabinet. You know, as long as, as long as electricity, Whoa. you know, is good and strong, you know, and stuff like that, because I'm, I'm going to need to stay in shape. You know, <laughs> I'm going to need to. And, and wait. No, you're on a desert island. You're fighting for your life. I'm sure fitness is not going to be the problem. <laughs> okay, then fun factor. I'm gonna. I'm gonna that's need. That's fine. I'll I'm take gonna fun need factor. music. I'm gonna need music. I'll I'm gonna need. It. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need to do something that's gonna get me get me up so I don't have bed sores from laying in the sand all day playing the other video games. I mean, just dance around while playing Luminous on your smartphone. You have <laughs> your, your skin will be fully exfoliated by rolling around in that sand all the time. <laughs> Joe, number five. I will take Fallout 76 only because <laughs> I want new content. I would 100% take like Fallout 3 or Fallout 4, but I feel like I would reach an end point with them. Fallout 76. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's very I think it's very striking that you said Fallout 76 because didn't you like hear like some some a part of the theme song from Fallout 76? You were all over Twitter if about I the day. Hear a single piano strike that is sustained for like four <laughs> minutes. And I'm like, Oh, fallout. I gotta, I'll be right back. I'll see you in three months. 
happens. Say goodbye to the wife and kids. Yeah, I love you guys. Kiss them. Shake, tossle the young one's hair. Go take my knapsack. Go in the basement. Like, what's all those jugs for? It's, it's for piss kids. I can't oh, God. get it. Oh, God. <laughs> well, now that I'm sufficiently disturbed. There you go. <laughs> I, so I, I had a rough time with this. Because mm-hmm. it's like, do I want... Do I want something more linear? Do I want a sports game where I can just drive around? You know, a racing game. Do I do I want to take a Forza Horizon? Do I want to take SSX Tricky with me? Mm. The only logical solution, though, is to take another gigantic open world game mm-hmm. that will cause me to probably break my controller and cause me to definitely look for a way to be rescued. <laughs> I'm taking Breath of the Wild. Oh, because let me tell you something, I spent 150 goddamn hours in that game and still have not found all the Korok seeds. Damn, that's what? that's how I'm gonna find all the Korok seeds in this Damn. game. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I can respect it. I can, and I, I still have not it. finished the DLCs, so I I want to get the motorcycle. I haven't all played right. any of the DLC. I don't. I don't think we're missing much. I just want a motorcycle. Really badly. <laughs> Well, I want to on a motorcycle. That's all I want in life. Well, there you have it. Um, I I had one honorable mention, and that was the Uncharted Nathan Drake uh, collection. That was my honorable mention. Uncharted one ruins it for me, though. Really? I don't. Uh, you know what? I actually replayed. I actually replayed Uncharted one recently, like within the last year or so. And I, in my opinion, it still stands up. My I honorable mean, mention is Rare Replay. Ooh, nice. that would have been a good one. Nice, nice. Yeah, that would have been a good one. Mainly because I want to take Banjo Kazooie and Conquer with me, since they've all been forgotten too. They might as well go with the, me. They're already on the island. That's where you went. Was to oh, their island. No! To their island. <laughs> Why would you do this to me? Microsoft did it. Did you have a uh, Joe? Did you have an honorable mention, or you, you, you are you leaving it that? No, I, so the the tough part is like there's other games that I would want to bring, but they're yeah. not in a collection. Like there's not a way. And this is like you go through like my fuck you letter to Sony, but like God of War, I would love to play through all the God of War games again. Like I in like, a set. I feel like that's eventually coming. I feel like there's a collection coming. It's on the horizon. I feel like it is. Yeah, I think that's a great. Oh, it's thought, not gonna be a collection. It's gonna charge you fifty bucks for 50 every game. bucks per game. For no, some reason, not. we no, got. No, we... They're, no, they're not. No, for they're not. Sony. Oh yeah, so, like they did God of War three. They they released it again on the PS4. They, that's they like the only. It. They right. released it. Sixty bucks. It was sixty dollars. It was remastered. I'm not, and I'm not trying to justify them, but I believe it was remastered, right? But like, let remaster a game from one generation ago. What are you, Grand Theft Auto? <laughs> Come on. Oh, man. GTA Five would be a strong contender for me. That would be a good one. Fuck, I do, I do love it. I, you know, I would see your GTA Five and raise you Saints Row the Third. <laughs> nope. Get out. <laughs> I mean, you're I done. Saint- I, I love GTA 5, but I love Saints Row. You're done. Goodbye. <laughs> I would also like a... Man, I get you know what I would take? And I would take it just for the music, and this is such a linear game. Max Payne 3. That would be my honorable mention. You know what, guys? I'm taking Breath of the Wild off my top five. Uh-oh. This is going to be good. Joe talking about music, and Laurent talking about how he needs a way to stay in shape inspired me to make this choice. I'm taking Rock Band. 
but with the caveat that all of the DLC is available to me. I was about about to say, you're asking for the entire library, aren't you? I'm asking for the entire library, like all 3,000 songs. Wait, are you also bringing every instrument? I'm bringing every instrument. I'm bringing every instrument. Because when I play rock band, I I do vocals and drums at the same time. Well, you could sell that drum drum set and probably get a ticket out of that that island if you really needed to. Probably, yeah. So there we go, big brain moves over here. I really debated on that last spot. I didn't. Even, it didn't even cross my mind. I was like, I was like only thinking current gen, and I was like, shit, I can definitely take Rock Band because Rock Band still works. Yeah, Guitar Hero, you have to really pick which Guitar Hero, but Rock Band, Rock Band is great. You have like full albums on there. You yeah. like, I can do everything from Call Me Maybe to NWA. You don't have full <laughs> albums. You have full discographies with some. Yeah, you really stuff. do. Yeah, with some of them, yeah, you do. Because yeah. rock band. No, no, I'm, band, I'm, take, I'm taking. Band band I'm taking. I'm yeah, taking the rock band series edition? with me. Yeah. I want the Beatles DLC. I want the Green Day DLC. The Metallica. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck it, give me the Country Pack. <laughs> you just, you just put the Crab Rave song in there for me, because wow. I'm pretty sure by like day five, I'm going to be hallucinating the crabs, anyways. Yeah. Wow, wow, Josh! Thanks for thanks for upstaging us with the runner with the runner up. That was his, that, that was his five pick. Oh yeah, no, dude, I'm totally replacing Breath of the Wild with Rock Band. Oh oh oh, that wasn't your honorable mention. No no, I'm absolutely replacing it. <laughs> Breath of the Wild can be my honorable mention now. We're like Pokemon <laughs> Silver. What is give me my honorable mention? Fuck that! I'm taking Rock Band. I'll take it all the instruments with me too. Well, you know what? That's a that's a wonderful. Whoa! A, uh, I'm gonna sing "Message in a Bottle" for like five straight hours. I'm gonna paint a portrait for you. You get on this plane with all of this stuff, and you're just like, "Where are we going?" Being like, "You don't want to know. You just know that your plane's gonna crash on this desert island. You have all this gear, a whole rock band. I have thing. that. I have my OLED TV with me. <laughs> yeah. My Where Xbox is this guy going? Yeah. It's, 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 it's like he knows there's something going on. It's like he knows. Yep. I'm going to invite the pilot's corpse to like sing message in a bottle with me. <laughs> so, like, pro- I'm going to prop him up on base and be like, come on, man, you got to play. You could also just take game pass. If that's somehow a collection. I don't think it, I, I think that is the ultimate in cheating. Yeah. Well, if I have internet and I have my Xbox. Might as well, might as well sign a game. Pass. I mean, yeah. And it would be constantly updated. I don't know if I want to be rescued. Oh, no, I could get a lot done. Right? <laughs> Man, I could finally sit out and play all these games I've been meaning to. And still be grinding something in Destiny, I guarantee it. I'm going to make yeah. Phil Spencer my friend and be like, Phil, where the fuck is Killer Instinct Season 4? And, and you see, that's the main thats the main problem. You know, like, it's... it's Game Pass is legit becoming, like, the Netflix of video games. It's like, it's like yeah. you look, you look, you look, it's like, there's so much to play, I don't know what to play. Mm-hmm. Guess I won't play anything. We'll just look. All right, fellas. Well, we're almost we're almost done, but we have one final question. You guys, my God, we do. Yeah, we have one final question. Go ahead. And it's from um, and it's from Sam Hall, who's a uh, who's 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 a uh, who's a pretty decent regular with standard definition, and uh, I think he's also a, a Arsenal X uh, regular, as far as questions go. But uh, Sam Hall writes in, "Hey guys." I'm glad the show exists because it feels like the show where you all get to be yourselves. I have a question. What is your favorite franchise in media, the games, comics, movies, or whatever? 
and what is your favorite version of that franchise? And he and some examples he throws out there is the OG trilogy from Star Wars, Star Trek: The Next Generation, Super Mario Three, and uh, and, and he says thanks, and I can't wait to hear the next episode. This is this is a no brainer for me. Okay, go first. Go for it, it. It's it's Star Wars, and it's the original trilogy. Like <laughs> there genuinely is, it, is nothing else that for me. The only thing that possibly comes close is Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy. That's the only thing that comes remotely close for me in terms of like a fandom that I'm like, like I love destiny and I love halo Uh and I love the legend of Zelda, but Holy shit. Like my love for star Wars is something else. I go to entire fucking fan conventions just for star Wars. Like trust me. How are the fan conventions for star Wars? How are they? It's a bunch of fucking weird people, dude. Like any convention. It, it, dude, it's it's a convention called Star Wars Celebration. How, what do you think it's like? Half the people there need to reacquaint themselves with a shower. With a shower, yeah, yeah. Uh, the other half are in some of the most bitchin' cosplays you've ever seen in your life. So, so, and in one, how one and how many are is it dudes as slave girl Leia? Uh there were a couple, and it was just hilarious. I actually really thought it was funny. <laughs> there are a lot of girls who dress up as Slave Leia. It's really weird. It was especially weird in Chicago, considering it was like twenty degrees outside. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I've heard. I've heard every convention is like balls cold, and and people are basically wearing their underwear. So it's funny. The first time that I went to Celebration was in Orlando, the year that they revealed the Last Jedi. So I was in the room when they revealed the Last Jedi, mm-hmm. and when they did the fortieth anniversary panel. With uh, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, George Lucas, like they were all there for it. It was like every major person from the franchise was there, and it was amazing. And then they did the Last Jedi the next day, and it was just cool to see both of those. But it's Orlando in April, so it was humid as all hell outside. It was like ninety degrees. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to two years later, when I went to Celebration Chicago, and it's in twenty nineteen, and it's super cold outside. It like it was freezing cold. It was bad. It was real bad. Uh, like it was snowing. I've never experienced cold like that because I'm from Texas. But it was in Chicago near the water, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was ironically the day that the Game of Thrones final season premiered. Mm-hmm. So we were like, "Oh my god, it's so cold. This is terrible. What are we doing here? We should not have done this. I should be back at home in Texas where it's raining." But it, those are really fun, though. I, I did genuinely enjoy it for the most part. All right, Joe, what you what you got for us? It's a really tough question because I agree. I think that like if I were picking a, a franchise, Star Wars would almost have to be up there as the one because it's it transcends any media, specific media, and there's yeah. so much of it. Uh, and there's a lot of bad Star Wars out there, but there's also a lot of really there's great lot of defining Star Wars. Star Wars. But uh, as I look around the room and to not be just going back and forth with Josh <laughs> on the same stuff that we like, I would I, I, I the next runner up for me would have to be Halo. It defined I knew you were gonna say Halo. I it had to, it defined my childhood. I cannot look in any direction in the 360. Ah, oh, cripes. And then I forgot about fucking Batman. 
Jesus. Let me guess. Um, let me guess. You have a bat suit in, your, in the back of your closet. No, I, I wish. I've, <laughs> I've toyed with the idea of making a bat suit for a long time, but I really like Batman. Um, but I have a lot of Halo stuff. It, it was most of my childhood. It's been the most of my adult life as far as anticipation <laughs> waiting for a, a Halo game to like recapture that imagination the same way. Um, I'm going to say Halo. I wish that there was a good... I don't I don't have high hopes for the show. Uh, I will watch it. I'm sure it's not going to be great. I'm going to hate watch it. Yeah, it's I. Yeah, I'm not optimistic. We'll say that. Um, yep. But I hope well, you know, maybe 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 I could be wrong. Could be good. Doubt it. But it could be. Uh, I wish that it would. I wish it would be more than what it is in a lot of ways or be more consistent. Mm-hmm. But I will say Halo. And concede my time. Okay. Um, Yield my time. Yield my time. That's what they say. What was your favorite version? What, 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 okay, so what's your oh. favorite Halo game? Because uh, uh, Josh, did you say what your favorite? What your favorite Star Wars? You said the OG trilogy. That's it's right. the OG trilogy. trilogy. I mean, if I have to yeah. pick an individual movie, it's Empire. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, so you. Uh, here's my thought: Empire is the best movie, but the original Star Wars is the most rewatchable. You have to give. You have to give the original, like a New Hope. Yeah. Like that front spot because it's yeah. like you don't get Empire without it. Without but it. Empire is definitively the best. Em- Empire is the definitive Star Wars movie, but A Empire. New Hope is just simply the most magical thing I've ever seen on film. Yeah, that's yeah. I agree the only that. thing that comes close, to, like the magic I felt watching A New Hope for the first time, was when I saw Fellowship of the Rank. Mm-hmm. That's the only time I've ever felt that way. And like, of course, you know, like seeing the Avengers assemble and all that jazz. But yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so Joe, what was uh, your what's what's your pick for your favorite part of I, the Halo franchise? I would pick Halo Two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you just because it, online multiplayer. It's the first thing they had DLC. Uh, Red versus Blue came out because of a lot of that stuff. Or not really. That was that was they still had CE, but they like was in the heyday. Like that was the Halo day. Was Halo Two in my opinion. Uh. I think it just it defined the direction of Halo go where it was going. It is the empire of <laughs> of Halo. I mean, it's Halo Two is like the second best game ever made, in my opinion. So I agree with everything you just said. What's the yeah. first like, one? My my favorite game ever is Breath of the Wild. I truly think like it's just the most magical thing I've ever played. I had a smile on my face for that entire 150 hours. Yeah. I spent a lot of time in it too. And it, it flew by. You always wanted to pick it up and play it every time you're like not doing it. It's, it's just, it's so magical. And that's why I've never gone back to it. Um, I've never touched a DLC. It's just like I, those three or four weeks were mad. I was taking my switch with me because I I was lucky enough to get one launch day. Mm -hmm. I was taking my switch with me to work and I was playing on my breaks and on my lunch break, like every 15, 20 minutes I could steal away from my desk. I was playing, <laughs> uh, it's it, it's just you know trying to grind out a shrine or two. It's the most magical time I've ever had. But Halo is my greatest memory in, in a video game ever. Halo Two is my I met my best friend playing Halo Two, and he still like he raids with me in Destiny to this day. Yeah. So, Laron hit us. All right. Well, um, I think I don't know. I think you guys. I think you guys heard enough. Um, but uh, for me, I- I'm a Trekkie. So it's Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek is one of the main reasons why I became a writer. Like uh, mm. Star Trek is one. Of, is Star Trek is one of three different, three different franchises or media 
media award IPs that actually got me into the idea of writing and, and actually got my imagination going and everything. And my favorite, my favorite pick from like the entire Star Trek franchise this is over fifty years over fifty years old now is uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. So it's a series right after the Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it as far as uh, it there was a lot of things about DS Nine that changed the formula for Star Trek, but still kept it Star Trek. If that makes sense, uh, right. One of the main things was uh, it became serialized, meaning that every episode kind of led into another episode. And things like that, and it was it was a first for Star Trek because not because the next generation kind of bumbled with it, but the next generation still felt like you know it was all like one shots and whatnot. Every now and then they'd have a couple episodes that connected to each other, but DS Nine had 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 that serialization. It also had something for everyone. Like, and there was just it was it was one to make it was Star Trek has always been a show that to make people think, but this was DS Nine was one of the real make you think type of Star Trek shows. Okay. So you're saying it's not the J.J. Abrams verse? Oh hell no, hell no! You 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 don't want the Kelvin timeline? I appreciate the <laughs> fact that I appreciate the fact that J.J. Abrams attempted Star Trek, got Star Trek back into the the limelight into into the popularity. But that's about that's about the best I can appreciate of it. You know, I I like the, I like the pick of the characters. Like I mean, the actors they got for the characters because uh the every character every character every actor fit for the character. Even though I had I had questions about Simon Pegg as Scotty, but after seeing him play Scotty, I'm like, oh, there's nobody else I can think of that could have played Scotty. And of course, Carl Urban as Bones. Come on, man. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, but um, I mean, uh, the stuff that J.J. Abrams has done is just problematic. Problematic. So I'm not a huge Trek fan. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've been very open about that. I really like the action the first star trek he did and i really like beyond from yes. uh, just a, i really like both of those and it's not it's just a- because there's a scene set to sabotage um i really like both of those movies i pretend mm-hmm. darkness didn't happen yes, i just assumed that we kind of skipped not that like into darkness is bad i think benedict cumberbatch is great but i think into darkness is bad him be, us being told oh you know he's not he's not con he's john whatever his name uh. is I can't. I, I I I absolutely hate the gymnastics they did with that whole thing. They did. I like. I like. And I like. I, I like Cumber. I like Benedict Cumberswatch. Like I, I like him. <laughs> he's, a, he's a nice young man. Cumberbun. Benedict yeah. Cumberbun. Be- Benedict Cumberswatch. Yeah. Uh, I, I I just. I don't know. I I like. I like them for what they are. I think they're beautiful movies. Yeah. But Into Darkness is not a good movie. Into at- Darkness. Into Darkness is it, it's, it's, it's bad. It's flawed. It's flawed, and you know, I'm like, and it's such a shame because I love the first one so much. Yeah, and my my friends don't understand like my my feelings about Into Darkness. They think mm-hmm. they think, well, you're such a dyed in the wool Trekkie. Of course you, of course you hate this movie. I'm like, it's not that. Into Darkness is a bad science fiction movie. It is definitely a bad Star Trek movie, but it's also a bad movie. There, the movie—it's all over the place. I mean, you know, like I, I may, I may devote an entire episode of one of the pod of one of my podcasts to talk about how my problems with this movie. But I mean, there's just so much. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just do one thing here. Uh, in Into Darkness. Okay, these are these are military officers, right? Mm-hmm. 
why is Uhura in the middle of a freaking clandestine mission having an argument with her boyfriend? In the middle of the mission. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, I'm ex-military and the one thing they teach us to always uphold is professionalism while on the job. And that's not the most unprofessional shit I've ever seen. I like yeah. Michael Giacchino's score. Yes. Oh, I like anything yes. he does. It's yeah. always good. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I guess we can go ahead and wrap this up. <laughs> I don't want to get. <laughs> we probably I should. Want, Laurent will be here for. Uh, I, I don't want to get on a tirade about what I hate about the J, the JJ Abrams verse. <laughs> I, I can see some smoke coming out of your headphones. <laughs> hey, 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 it's, hey, it's a, hey, it's. This stress is real. <laughs> All right, but that's our show for tonight. We'd like to give you a, uh, give a big thanks to you all for tuning in and listening uh, to Standard Definition. This is not its normal home. You can always check Standard Definition out Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash Games live. Before we go, uh, everybody, give a chance to plug yourself. Josh. Uh, every week you can hear me. Uh, we're live Thursday nights and it posts on Fridays. Tower Casuals show all about destiny and then uh uh you can find me on twitter and twitch as at josh underscore finn with two n's all right joe on tuesdays and thursdays i'm live with angry dads streaming that's facebook.com slash angry dads streaming go there thank you all right we didn't have to check the show notes you still can <laughs> well, actually, actually, I just I like wait with bated breath every I time know. I'm on a show with you for you to say it. Because <laughs> you always have like this mischievous look, and you like oh, I you know. get like real just close to the camera. And you're... Well, actually, for anyone that was watching our show tonight, uh, if you're actually looking at our faces on the screen, you'll actually see there are name cards for <laughs> with our names and our hats. So, so there you go. <laughs> But uh, you can always find me in my home, twitch.tv slash exodus803. Uh, come come by on Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Crossroads, the PlayStation podcast for uh, Boss Rush Games. And then come back Wednesday night at 8.30 on that same Twitch channel for Hunters for Hire, the brand new Monster Hunter podcast for Boss Rush Games. And uh, you can catch me on all four social media at exodus803, E-X-O-D-U-S-803. That's also my gamer tag. And... Remember how I said earlier that Boss Rush Games is looking for all writers? Guess what? Boss Rush Games is calling all writers. Are you passionate about video games? You enjoy writing and are hoping for a place to publish? Email us at opportunities at brg at gmail.com. I know it's a mouthful. Opportunities at brg at gmail.com to apply. If you're curious about what our writing team is getting done, check them out at bossrushgames.com today. Uh, that's it for us. We want to have, we want to wish you guys a uh, wonderful week. This is the, this was Easter Sunday. So as you're listening to this, we hope you had a wonderful, happy, safe Easter. You didn't kill your family, you know, at dinner tonight, things like that. You know, you know how it goes. <laughs> and, um, and as usual, as usual, every time we head out from any of our boss rush shows, we always want to have everyone remind everybody to play games and be better. You take care of yourselves, and we will be back here next week. Goodbye now. Bye. Bye.